we're live. <laughs> Hello, beautiful people. Had a little cat scratch my throat. But it's Winter Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. This sports show starts right now. Football! It is a glorious sport. Football has a lot of conversation around it right now. More specifically, trade deadline was yesterday. Twelve people were moved just yesterday. It was a massive day for the NFL, a very active day for the NFL. Got to learn about which teams are going to go and which teams said... No. Mm. College football playoffs official rankings were dropped for the first time last night. We'll have Reese Davis join us in 17 minutes to break that down. He is the man, the voice of the college football playoff rankings. He's the one on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. on ESPN alongside uh, Joey Galloway, David Pollock, Bear Kirk Herbstreet. Yep. Uh, I believe mostly everybody from the College Game Day crew was there. That's how I learned of this show. Good show. Tells you everything you need about basically everything. Right. The first college football playoff rankings were dropped last night. A lot to discuss. We will certainly do that in 16 minutes. Dan Snyder is potentially looking into selling the commanders. Woo. He has hired the Bank of America securities firm to judge potential interest in the team and how much he would make if he was to sell the whole thing. A conversation that isn't happening, that should be happening, is remember Dan Snyder bought out all his minority owners like less than a year ago. Mm -hmm. So he owns that thing outright. He could just be looking in to sell like 30% of this team, still keep 70% of the team, and have more cash in his pocket than every other owner <laughs> in the NFL right now yeah. uh, uh, that isn't you know thinking about selling their team. So Dan Snyder probably going to use this to end up winning in the end and dancing in everybody's face. But a lot of people out of the Washington Commanders fan base, formerly the Washington football team's fan base, formerly the Washington beeps uh, yeah, fan base. Sure. They're loud, thinking that Snyder might be out of the NFL. And if that's the case, I think a lot of people will be rejoicing, but the Commanders fans will be doing it louder than everybody else. I had a couple Commanders fans tell me, right to my face, they said, hey, if Jim Irsay is the reason why Dan Snyder has to sell the team that I am forced to be a fan of because I grew up in this area and I love this team, I will buy season tickets to the Indianapolis Colts just mm. as a thank you to Jim Irsay for doing that. It sounds like celebrations are on the horizon for the Washington team. We don't know exactly what this means, but it sounds like the NFL might, you know, maybe Get some new money in it. Ooh. The talks and tables here at Ty Schmidt. The Packers did nothing yesterday. Mm. A little bit of a heartbreak. I think Aaron said he thought that there was a chance something would happen while he was on the show from yep. 2 to about uh, 2.45-ish, 3 o'clock every single Tuesday. That did not happen. Uh, maybe Chase Claypool, who they were in on, and who ends up going to Chicago Bears, was what Antikus and Aaron had been talking about. But in, nonetheless, Packers do nothing. They kind of send a message, I think, to their fan base. Colts send. Naeem Hines, the Buffalo, kind of send a message to the fan base. A There's a team sending a message to their fan base, though, both on uh, Fortnite with Tyreek Hill and their ownership in their front office and the moves they're making. The Miami Dolphins seem to be going all in. The Buffalo Bills make a move yet late yesterday. The only team that didn't make a move in the AFC East, basically, is the New England Patriots. Are you guys fucking dead? Just mailing whoa, it in and letting these other whoa, teams take whoa. over? Is that what's going on up in New England, Connor? No, no, I don't. We started 1-3 and three or 3-1 three and one in our last four. I mean, the whole entire reason we didn't make a move is because we got the guys. We got the guys in our building. We know how hard it is to grasp this system. Why bring a guy in halfway through the season when he's probably not going to be able to learn how complicated the defense is and how complicated Matt Patricia and the offense is? There's just no point to do it. We have the guys that can make the Super Bowl run, and that's why we didn't make a move. Hey, don't lose their Colts this weekend. Well, we oh, won't because oh, they do are, not. They are so don't bad. Don't do it. Oh, Look, I don't do it. I never make predictions, but it feels like 38 to 3 pats over the Colts <laughs> on Sunday, to be honest with you. Big time. Might be 41 to 3. I'll hop right back on it. You know what? 49 to 3. 
No. Yeah. Whoa. I don't know if Ellinger's going to have 50 total yards. Boston Bruins almost won 49-3 to last night. That was unbelievable. That was remarkable. That was sad. That was disgusting. Great I went team. to bed a couple times during that game because it was a little bit later. Sure. You know, I forgot sure. how late those NHL games yeah. potentially oh go a little mm-hmm. bit, especially right after the college football playoff rankings. I was dozing in now. We're up 5-2 at one point. I wake up. It's 5-3. Uh, no, it's not. Wipe that goal off the board because uh-huh. the Boston Bruins are cheating. It's still 5-2. Oh, we're in a good spot. The hockey gods are on our side. Yeah. I fall asleep. I wake back up. It's 5-4. The Bruins have pulled their goalie. Oh, no. And they are in the Penguins' end. And then all of a sudden, it's 5-5. Oh, oh shit. No. And the Boston Bruins then go into overtime, kill a penalty, four on three. Yeah. And then they win 6-5 last night. Oh, wow. no. Did they? The Boston Bruins... The most deplorable franchise and program in the NHL. Don't know about that. Who are the hottest team in the NHL right now. Have their best first 10-game start of any season in the history of the team, which is 98 years old. Something to think about. They go 9-1. and And they did it in Pittsburgh last night when they were down three. And then they go on a four-zip run Mm -hmm. to bury Sidney Crosby, who scored 30 seconds in the game. So quick. They were cutting promos for him before the game even started. Tonight you are... In for a treat, basically. Mm-hmm. It's how yeah. Steve Levy's selling this thing, which he should be. He's the greatest player to ever play. Pretty much what ESPN said. The face I'm, of the league. I'm the one that says this all the time. I'm literally the one because Sidney Crosby has brought me a lot of happiness, a lot of celebration, a lot of beers, a lot, of, a lot right, of things right. with how fucking good he is. And he never talks, so nobody knows he exists. So the NHL has done a terrible job of branding him. They've done a terrible job in communications and marketing and kind of building the, great, uh, the game, I believe, as a whole. And nobody even knew Sidney Crosby was. They did something a couple years back. I forget when it was. It might have been a lot of years back. They had Sidney Crosby just walk around all the big cities. Nobody recognized him. That's right. Not a single person recognized him. And in Pittsburgh, you can't do that, obviously, because we know him, because he brings us all so much happiness. And he's fucking unbelievable. He scores 30 seconds into the goddamn game last night. I'm like, here we go. Sid doesn't want Boston to do this. Not tonight. Sid's still Sid. It's ESPN. It's primetime. And then we fucking just crumble. And you guys beat us. And our goalie's flopping around all over the fucking place. Your goalie gets pulled because he stinks. Then your other goalie gets hurt. They put your goalie back in. The one who stinks, this guy stands on his fucking head. What are we doing? What is happening? Why are the hockey gods doing we don't know. Now it doesn't matter. The playoffs are the only thing that matters. Yeah, that's true. But you need to start hot to get into the playoffs. And I believe right now the Penguins are a bottom 10 team in the NHL. So yeah, you guys are going to have to turn around at some point. You don't have to start hot in the NHL. Okay, the Blues won two years ago. They were the worst. Ever heard of them? Yeah. yeah. Maroon ain't coming to Pittsburgh, but maybe he will. Maybe, maybe he'll he will. Not this year. Because the Fenway Sports Group, they're not you know, buying into the Penguins. They're buying into the Bruins. That's not true. They might trade Crosby to Boston after what happened last night. Hey, we don't, no. They want to respect him. They want to respect him. Congrats to our Bruins on big win. Though. Thank you. Awesome. Hockey season all in this year. Yep. Rangers you can hear more of that tonight at youtube.com forward slash that's hockey talk. That was good hockey Did talk. you guys ever boys. talk about how LeBron ruined the Penguins? Wow. <laughs> what? what? LeBron Maybe. and his little group of investors from Boston buy the Penguins. Penguins get run out of the fucking playoffs first series, yeah. and then now we're terrible. He ruined Liverpool, too. They stink this year, and they were used to be good. And now uh, now they're walking alone. Yeah. Wow. How about they never did before. Red Sox sucked this year, too. Thanks, LeBron. What the hell's going on? Hold oh, on. Is this the worst ownership group in the history? Uh, <laughs> no. I don't want to get into a full, is LeBron the greatest of all time on a basketball court no, or not? No, oh, MJ is. We don't need. See. Go. I'm wearing Fair. some Michael Jordan shoes right now. Ooh, show them off. Show them off. Yeah. Pretty much every day. I believe it is an incredible shoe brand that creates incredible shoes. And I got respect for the way Michael Jordan went about doing 
his life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fucked him, Apparently just a complete savage. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Everything he's, he's ever done. Good actor. If he was in the modern era where everything you do is scrutinized and talked about, <clears throat> there would not be Jordan shoes, I don't think, from what I've been told and from what the stories have been out there, just because he would have been deemed not a role model. <laughs> I think I think he would have been deemed not a role model. Oh, yeah. I, as a fan of sport and as a fan of competitors, would have loved him even more if we would have heard more stories in real time mm-hmm. about it all because I like... Dogs. Dogs. I'm a big fan of that. You, you, if you have that mentality, go ahead and make it. And you do it, and you can do whatever. Michael Jordan could do that. So I'm not going to get into that whole debate of whether or not LeBron is better than Jordan or Jordan's better than LeBron because they're playing two different sports in two different eras, two different times when you have to live two completely different lives. So Still I think making bomb ass shoes though. Great shoes, yeah. These shoes are fucking awesome. Yeah. And I actually met the uh, the bald headed guy. Oh, Steve Ballmer. Oh, I never met Steve Ballmer, but he is a bald headed no, guy. And if we're just going to run through <laughs> bald, <laughs> bald people, sure. I mean, this could be a long. Steve. Steve. Uh, this could be a long. David Falk. Uh, David Falk. David Falk is oh, yeah. the uh, agent uh, with Michael Jordan who created the shoes. And uh, he's part of the whole uh, thing. I believe he's very successful, very rich. He was representing Roy Hibbert when he was playing right. for the Indiana Pacers. And I'm sitting down courtside. Uh, feet on the wood, no big deal, uh, doing that whole thing. And Roy Hibbert has like a dunk, and then he comes stumbling off, dap up, being him, right, because we had known each other from a couple softball games and things like that. And then he goes and daps up Falk. Uh, so David Falk, this bald-headed guy, goes over my shoulder, and I'm with A.Q. Shipley, who's sitting on my left, and he goes, who the fuck are you? And I go, uh, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and then he, gave, he looks at my shoes, I had Jordans on, he goes, I helped create those. And I go, what? <laughs> You're Michael fucking Jordan. That's awesome. <laughs> and then he said, no, I wrapped him. And then we had a full conversation for like a half. Great guy. Great businessman. Uh, he's like an innovative fucking guy. Good guy. Part of this whole thing, obviously, worth billions and billions of dollars. Um, I've tried to get him to rep me a few times. And he's like, I'm not taking on any more clients. Thanks. But then I saw like <laughs> he was at a draft or something. Like sure. That. Uh, he's fucking good businessman. Probably a good idea. Probably would have got us out of the shit with the paffle. But nonetheless, speaking of the paffle, we have a man whose brain is so goddamn big when talking about the paffle. We have him every single week, two times a week, because he makes our show better, smarter, more insightful. Why, Ladies why? and gentlemen, host of the Man to Man podcast and everything DB, Darius Butler. Glad to be back. How are you, man? I'm good, man. My team got better yesterday. Can't wait to get down to uh, Kyle. Colts got better without now, you mind? Yeah, how's that? Uh, my Dolphins. Oh, oh nice. my yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, Forgot my about Dolphins that. Got, the Colts quit. Is that what you think? Is that what you think the message was that happened yesterday? Do you think we could no. take some from, like, uh, the Broncos who ship away uh, Chubb? Do you think they're mailing it in on the season? Colts and Naeem Hines, the only person that scored a touchdown for us last <laughs> week. They ship him out. Okay, is that a message? Do you take that or no? Like, I, don't, I, I don't take that as a message. And I think Naeem Hines acts uh, to be. That's true. what I heard. I don't know that either. That, that's what I yeah. heard. And he Yikes. hasn't been used. Like, uh, I remember we were at camp. I'm like, hey, this, this guy's going to have a hundred catches this year because I thought coming into the year he would be one of their best and what we've seen yeah weapons on offense um and he's showing he's a weapon so now him with that Buffalo offense that'll be scary but uh, I don't think they're I think they're mailing it I think in like the last five years yeah I mean you that coaching GM I would assume true they cannot mail it well Well, they can't yeah but I mean no can a player? You fire no, the players won't. Players yeah. won't. Yeah. Players yeah. won't. I mean, benching Matt Ryan was kind of the start of mailing it in, right? You <laughs> well, paid this guy all this money. Not the way he was playing. Not the way yeah, he was true. Playing. I, no players fast. are going to mail it in. I was on that team for the uh, let's uh, suck for the uh, the luck. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I nobody in the locker room is trying to put on tape 
mm-hmm. any fucking terrible ball. But there was conversations about like some defensive play calls that were happening in situations. <laughs> you know, like why are we doing that in like a third and one or third and two, sending in like a cover two type set? Like why are we doing that? So there was some questions about the calls by players, as I'm sure there was uh, by fans. But that coach that called that got fucking fired, has no yeah. job. Yeah. So, so it's like you don't know if that's just a dumb call by the, the coordinator or is it a mail, or mail it in type call by the coordinator because all those coaches got fired too. So yeah, they, anybody that's associated with the game I don't think can tank. Not coaches and players. Front I don't office, think so. yeah. yeah. I feel like the front office, they can sit down with ownership and say, hey, you know, you got next year too. Let's start shipping some guys out, get some picks, blah, blah, blah. But as far as – coordinators and position coaches and players like Greg Williams. I remember calling a uh, blitz at the end of the mm-hmm. game. Yes. I think he Jets. was fired right after the game. Um, oh, Jets, yeah. Jets. Yeah. 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 Players going to go out there and try to put it on film, you know, every opportunity they get. Coaches as well. So um, I don't think they're melding in the Colts. I think, you know, Frank Wright, obviously you benched Matt Ryan, and now you fired the, the offensive coordinator, uh, Marcus Brady. Who um, we knew existed. For sure. I, I, I knew he existed, but you know, we you definitely know Frank, did. Frank is calling the plays on Sunday, right? Is he? Is that right? That's, I mean, that's what I thought. So, uh, well, well, Mark is great. Jesus is calling plays on Sunday through Frank. What's that? Well, if that was the case, they wouldn't be, you know, three and five. We don't know how Jesus is. A fucking no, yeah. Three, three, four, and one. Well, I no. assume he'd be good, but he's got a lot of other stuff to figure out. That's right. Where he can throw the ball a country mile. I do think, though, uh, players aren't mailing it in or whatever because they can't on tape. You don't want to look bad. You want to have a career. You want to make money. I think there's some top guys that might mail it in a little bit. Who knows? Make some business decisions and situations. Already paid. For sure. Like, those people can, but the bottom half of the roster. But I don't think you're getting, like, the extra reps. You know, like I think this is I think somebody who's questioning how much they're gonna go do afterwards or at home or in the film, mm-hmm. like I think whenever you make decisions like trade a Naeem Hines even if he asked for it, which isn't good about the culture and what's going on anyways. because uh, even if you are not getting the ball as much as you probably should, if you're part of a good culture you should want to be there, especially because you just got paid. Ugh. He's going to do he so well for the yeah, Bills. He the ball, though, man. Well, he should have got the fucking ball. Yeah, should have put him in. Should have put him at slot receiver. Had him get the ball. Like right. everything we were talking about, you could find ways to get a guy like Naeem Hines the ball. Wait until you see what the fucking Bills do with this. Sure. Uh, I understand the Bills have a lot of weapons. The Bills are very good. Mm-hmm. Ken Dorsey seems to be an incredible fucking offense coordinator who has oh, yeah. passion, emotion, and everything like that. Wait till you see the shit that they're about to do with Naeem Hines. He's fast. Very fast. He's explosive, and he can catch the ball very well. So, well, he's a punt returner as well if he needs to be. And like I said yesterday, I think he said in an interview Mm -hmm. that he tells himself before punts, like, if I die, I die. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how it's got to be. So he's that type of – he's literally – like everything you would want. So if he's getting upset enough to say, I'd like to be traded, don't you think that should maybe linger down to the play caller and be like, hey, can we get this guy the ball a little bit more? He is not this type of guy to ask for be traded at all. I think everybody loves Naeem Mines. I think yeah. everybody loves – I think he's very well liked by the community. He's very well liked by the community. Yep. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very well – I went to uh, a concert. No, I went to uh, college basketball semifinal was here, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. I went with some of the trainers from the Colts, some of the equipment managers from the Colts. Uh, only a couple of the, the players, the modern, I guess, active players, I ended up show- Naeem Hines was one of them because he was liked by the trainers, the equipment room, mm-hmm. everything like that. Like, I think Naeem is liked by everybody. So if he was requesting a trade, that should have sent maybe a little bit of uh, – 
Oh shit! Like, hey, can we? This guy's not this type of guy at all. Like, this guy is very well liked and everything. Can we maybe get him the rock a little bit more? Especially because our offense has been pretty inept, and that didn't happen. Which leads me to think, like, what? Thank God they fired that offense coordinator. Yeah, that's right. Thank God they fired that offense coordinator mm-hmm. yesterday. But to follow up, I think there's going to be some people that maybe take shortcuts that wouldn't take shortcuts so even if you're not mailing it in and the plan is still to go out there and win and there's jobs on the line which there certainly is i'd assume uh not only in the nfl every single day but in indianapolis i think there's going to be some people there's going to be ripple effects of this shit where people aren't buying all the way in aren't doing everything they can because you're seeing what the coaches are doing you're seeing what the front office is doing you're seeing what the next year maybe looks like you're hearing all the rumors and it's not good this is not a good part of the pro- this is not a good program to be a fan of right now no, it's not a good no. program to be a fan all of a sudden out of nowhere you're a fan of miami this this was Miami. Yeah. yeah. This is a Miami thing. This is a Lions thing. This is not an Indianapolis Colts thing that has happened multiple times over the last couple seasons. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Let's talk about another program that's maybe about to change. Is Dan Snyder selling the Washington Commanders, Tyshman? Is that what's happening right now? He hired Bank of America. He said, yeah, I've got to gauge some potential interest. He's Daniel Snyder, owner of the Washington Commanders football team, and beep! <laughs> is he selling the team, Ty? I don't think so. You mentioned it. You said this could just be a ploy where he's going to sell off, you know, maybe 30% of his ownership to get a little more cash on hand. Everything we've heard from this guy, he's basically said, like, hey, you're going to have to take this football team from my cold, dead hands. Like, fuck you. I don't care what. Everyone hates me already. Everyone already thinks I'm a piece of shit. Like, everyone's saying it publicly. Come take the team then. I'm not selling this team. So you guys can do whatever you want to. And I didn't even think of that because the all of like the reaction on Twitter was, oh my God, he's selling the team. Here we go. Like I can, It's finally going to be fun to be a Washington fan again. I don't think so. This guy knows exactly what he's doing. I think that makes a lot of sense. It's like, oh, okay, you guys, you guys want me out of the league? Well, I'll make it appear like I'm selling the team. I'm going to sell 30% of it to someone who maybe I'm buddies with who's never going to push, you know, or have any issues with anything I'm doing. And I'm going to get... I'm going to get a bunch of two, fucking two money. Billion, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A bunch of fucking money in <laughs> return. Not. And then guess what? Ne- next year at the owner's meeting... This guy gets $2 billion. Yeah. I'm going to be laughing at all you dipshits because I'm still going to be the owner. I'm of, showing up in a new jet. Yeah, exactly. I'm showing up on... I'm parking mm-hmm. my, my new yacht that I just oh, bought yeah. from selling the shares on the street where we are doing the owner's <laughs> meetings. Yeah. I'm living in that. We're shutting down the town that we're in that I just bought. Oh, and I have an extra couple billion still too to use it is that would be a very daniel snyder play if he was to do that but i guess everybody's thinking that he got bullied into or or yeah bullied i guess by the other owners and by the public into saying all right finally i'll just kind of give it up and maybe he does want some happiness at the end it's i it would be a very daniel snyder thing to do what what ty said um because he's a stubborn piece of shit it feels like uh, allegedly. 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 A lot of people allegedly. A lot of people are alleging. A lot allegedly. of alleges. Yeah. But, like, maybe someone did get in his ear and, like, hey, that three-month vacation we took in Sweet. Napoleon's Island where we were hiding from all that stuff, and that was pretty fun, right? And those exposés and the, the owners talking shit on you, that's not fun. But, yeah, I mean, being an NFL owner is cool and stuff, but, like, you could also, you know, just take $5 billion Six. and – Six yeah. billion dollars and, and just go have fun for the rest of your life. That's they, his life right now. Like oh, maybe yeah. someone got to him and said, "Hey, that like six billion dollars and living just like stress free. Maybe that'd be fun too." Hey, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? You just kind of disappear into your little. There's yacht a lot of a lot of people, there's a lot of bad billionaires out there who are just living and no one's bothering because they're not an NFL owner. Maybe that'd be cool. Maybe yeah. Maybe his family, his wife, who was being forced to answer sure. all the mm-hmm. questions, remember? Because yep. once they wanted to separate from Dan Snyder, they're like, 
hey, Mrs. Snyder, need you to come in yeah. come on, and uh, talk about it. And she's like, I fucking hate this. I hate this guy. I fucking hate this guy. I hate that I didn't want to. I hate folk. I've been trying to sell this thing. for. We had poop pipes burst on people the last three years. Now I'm the face of it. Maybe she's telling them, let's go ahead and sell it. $6 billion, though, is the projected. And that's they're going to have to build a new stadium. And we've been grossly overestimating the price of every franchise. We thought the Broncos were going to go for $6 billion. Allegedly, the Washington Commanders team, much bigger than uh, than what the Broncos are. And they have to build a new stadium. They have to build a new culture. Probably going to change the name again. Yeah, new uniforms and all that kind of stuff. Right? New owner, don't you think? Commanders is not, like, loved by their fan base. It's very new. And you're a new – if they sell the team. This is still – if he sells the entire the majority, the if he gives mm-hmm. up the majority stake of the team, they would change it. They do have a they have a fight song. Yeah, left hand. Put up. your left, left hand up. up. Who are we? The, the commanders. Who wrote that again? Uh, was Wale. it Wale? Yeah, a genius? I, I do not believe it was Wale. Did he produce it? What? He may not have written it. He made the beat. I'm not sure Wale. Wale had he had his hands on. Are you you sure? don't think. You don't think something that good? At least me that made. Are you certain? Are you certain? Something that good. I assume. I just assume. Oh, you're just assuming. Joe Gibbs, you got a a good good chance. chance. I think he at least wrote that verse. Yeah, (laughs) he didn't make that. Who are we? The Commanders. Definitely a banger, though. It is? We want Dallas. Uh I mean, Dallas. Whole fans. Fellas. Yes. Yeah. So you're saying Wale didn't make that song? Nope. I don't think he did either. If it came out of the DMV, for Lauren had something to do with it. No, mm-hmm. I don't. They keep saying Whale. His name's Wale. I don't think he had anything to do with that song. Really? I think his fingerprints might be on it somewhere. Yeah. I don't know exactly His fingerprints where, were on something, and they created a text message that was sent least, to me the last time He should at least make a par- 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 parody of it. A parody? A parody of it, yeah. All right, let's, uh, speaking of a parody, we have made a parody of all football. Let's bring somebody in that's an actual fucking professional. Hell yeah. Okay? I get the opportunity to watch this guy work every single Saturday and Friday during production meetings and Monday during production meetings as well. Incredible brain, incredible professionalism, has an ability to juggle that I think should be talked about a little bit more Mm -hmm. whenever you're judging hosts and the capability of doing things. This past week in Jackson, there was about an hour of the show where we couldn't see the show, we couldn't see any of the graphics that were up on the screen, and we had no idea what was going on because we lost connection from Jackson, Mississippi to Bristol, Connecticut. So in our ears, and I assume in this man's ears a lot more than what ours, they're saying it's on the screen, just trust it, just trust it, just trust it. This dude had to host a show with a couple million people People watching, not knowing anything that is being shown. He did it in a wonderful fashion in front of a live audience. I have nothing but the utmost respect for this man. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of college game day, the voice of the college football playoff rankings, Reese Davis. What's up, Reese? That's some kind of intro, my friend. You you deserve it. I was enjoying the Wale discussion, though, before I came on. (laughs) So me and Wale know each other rather well. And yeah. um, he's a wrestling fan. I've encountered him a couple of times at those events. I'm a big fan of his work. I like the way his brain operates. So when this Commander song came out, and we were, we were promoting it. We loved it. And on the show, obviously, you hear the way we go. We're just a bunch of idiots. I think it was said like four or five times. Oh, Wale. Has uh-huh. Wale. I get a text from Wale. Keep my name off that song. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, that is kind of how this kind of – I think it's because he didn't want credit for how good it was. Probably. You know, didn't Makes take sense. Any, uh, but, Reese, you've been doing game day now of football how long? Eight years. Enjoy it, enjoy it, love it. Did you come from the basketball one? Did you pick up the basketball one at the same time? Or how did you end up in the college game day of football? No, 
I actually did the first uh, the first college game day basketball in 2005. I started it. The, the first year, Fowler and I split the season. I did the first four, he did the second four, and then I've done all of them since. Um, but I was hosting college football in the studio before that. Started doing that around 98 or 99, 99 full-time, I think. And, uh, I mean, that's that's where – that's that's what drives the boat. That's what I what I love. I love them both, but uh, this is this has been a, a great passion of mine since I was a little kid, and I'm lucky enough to get to do it on television. And they send me a paycheck every Thursday, which is good too. Yeah, the paycheck's always great. I mean, we <laughs> love doing things, but getting paid for it is if somebody else is making money, we would also like that to happen. You do a great yeah. job. You're a rolodex of information, and the way you handle and command conversations, and then the production room, and you allow create, uh, creativity to happen, and it's you're very fucking good at what you do. I just wanted the world to know that. That's why I gave the introduction that I gave. You hate that. I know you hate that. So I'm going to continue to do it here while your face is on the screen. <laughs> this dude's really good at what he does. Hates hearing about it. Probably overcritical, just like the top like uh, players are in any mm-hmm. sport. You miss a word, he probably fucking <laughs> thinks about it for f- uh, four or five days. So, Reese, I appreciate everything. You know you- me well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying. To, I've, been, I've been asking you a lot of questions, man. I'm intrigued by the way your brain operates because, you know, I have to sit on a microphone every single day for three hours and try to do it. I'm trying to get better, and I think you're somebody I can learn from. Let's learn from the past, though, here. The college football playoff is always going to piss people off. And mm-hmm. yesterday, the first one, the first official one comes out. Tennessee's at the top. Ohio's state's number two overall georgia's number three so college game day this weekend is one verse three in athens georgia four clemson five michigan six alabama seven tsu oregon uh tcu oregon usc lsu so a lot of conversation about who clemson what is clemson they have three top 25 wins though so strength of uh record is that something that's real tcu they seemingly have no shot right they have no chance to get to the top four even if they run the table because they have no ranked opponents left how should we be viewing this and how gospel is this right now whenever we're thinking about the end of the season race not not very pat to be honest in terms of how gospel it is it's important it's instructive in some ways but i still think that tcu TCU probably doesn't have the um, the ability to lose a game and still make it, even if they win the Big 12, absent other you know meltdowns around them. But if they win all of their games, I, I think it's a virtual lock that they'll be in the playoffs. Okay, okay. here we go. Yeah, if TCU. they run the table, they'll they'll go. So um, I'm not I'm not too worried about that. I, I think you can make a really good case that they should have been ranked higher, and you can probably make a case that Clemson should have been a spot or two lower. But to me, that's sort of the beauty of the committee, is that if we wanted just a formula, we used to have one, and everybody railed and pissed and moaned about it all the time about the BCS formula. So now we've terrible. got people mm-hmm. that are using some metrics and using some science and some data, and they're also applying some of their I, I refer to it as football judgment. They are looking at it going, okay, I know that it says they're 20th in efficiency. I think they're better. And I think there's room for that as long as, as, long as all of it is blended together and it's not just – I think this team's going to have more guys drafted, so they'll probably win, so I'm ranking them higher. All right, Reese, we're going to call you back. The connection on our end isn't great. We'll get you back here on a clearer picture because everything you're saying there is fantastic. I like it to be uninterrupted. How about that TCU announcement? They will go. Because I just assumed as a fan watching from the outside in, with the way they had that ranked, with them sitting at seven, I didn't know how many teams are going to have to lose and how many games they're going to have to lose for TCU to be able to make it because everybody says it's a power five, but the SEC and the Big Ten carry so much more weight. You a big college fan? 
it all? You follow it all? I'm following it more this year. And then, obviously, you know, my UConn Huskies. I don't hey, care what big win over Boston big College. Win. Yeah, huge yeah. Win. First win ever over Boston College. Wow. So, Morris yeah. seems to be doing it up there. Yeah, with a haunted house and all. That, that shit was wild. Yeah, he needs to move. I watched The Watcher. <laughs> get your fucking ass out of that house. Foolish. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse before it gets better. i just seen it on Netflix, basically, the no, same exact they're situation. They're friendly. No, they're not. I mean, there's going to be one asshole that's going to come in and ruin the whole game. <laughs> yep. uh, but I do like the fact that I've gone ghost hunting in the past, and he told me to download an app, and it was a ghost tracker, mm-hmm. and it was a radar, like a Doppler, mm-hmm. and I wasn't like Donardo. I wasn't seeing it as good <laughs> oh, as everybody else. I did get chills a couple times, though, and he said that was the spirit passing through me. I was like, oh, or maybe just just got the chills. Yeah, a little chill, windy. You know? I believe in spirits, though. I believe in ghosts, so Mora needs to move. Uh, joining us once again, Reese Davis. I believe we have a better service. That's on our end. That's on our end, Reese. Uh, so what you were talking about there, TCU would make it, you think, if they were to run the table as opposed to get left out. So I said this on the demo field, which great name of that mm-hmm. particular part of the uh, the set over there. I said on the demo field, as we're kind of laying into the college football playoffs, so we're teasing the Tuesday night release on Saturday in Jackson, I said TCU's got no shot, right? They got no ranked opponents left. I, I think Texas A&M was probably supposed to be a much bigger game than it's going to be. Texas was supposed to be a much bigger game than it's going to be. They have a couple road trips that are going to be difficult. But you're saying they went out guaranteed to go in there. Is that just a college football playoff rule? If a Power 5 conference goes undefeated, they have to go in there? Or it's a lot more discussion about it all now? Yeah, no, it, there's no guarantee of it because their charge, and they have some criteria they use for evaluation, but the charge is to get the four best teams. And Today, you know, there are, not, not like at to, the beginning, at the, like, but right now. Right then, yeah, on that selection day when they rank them for the final times, that's the, the final time, that's the charge, get the four best teams in the playoff. And oftentimes the, the type of verbiage that they'll use, that if teams are similar, then they will use a thing like conference championships, uh, head-to-head, uh, common opponents, that type of thing, if, they, if the teams have been deemed to be similar. Uh, meaning that you know, if you have a 8-4 and four team that pulled an upset against a 12-0 and 0 team, they're probably not going to be deemed similar. So it's not a, it's not a guarantee. It's not a lock. It's not a rule. It just, it, given the games that will be played, you know, Tennessee, Georgia playing each other, Ohio State, Michigan playing each other, Last week. Uh, the Pac-12 teams still have to play, uh, Alabama and LSU playing Saturday. I just think it's really hard to envision a scenario in which TCU would go through the Big 12. While it might not be as top-heavy as some conferences, the games at the bottom are tougher than in most conferences, if not all of them. So I I have a hard time believing they would go through that unscathed and wouldn't make it. I think it's highly unlikely. It's not a guarantee, but it's highly unlikely. Hell yeah. You're talking about West Virginia right there. I heard it. I heard you what we just said about West Virginia right there, Reese. Uh, Tone Diggs has a question for you, Reese. Reese, uh, since only the top four matter in the college football playoff, why do they – I don't want to say waste the time, but why do they take the time – every week to do the top 25 because I know they throw it out and they start over each week. Um, is there a reason why they do the top 25 instead of maybe just the top four or top eight or top 10? Like why do they, why do you think they go to 25? Well, one of the reasons is they also set the matchups in the new year's six bowls. And there are some criteria established about who gets into those bowls. I think uh-huh. the other thing it does, it gives them, it gives them a good picture of the entire landscape as they see it for which wins would be quality in their eyes. And it probably would also give them, uh, give them a good picture for, uh, because I was told something I didn't know until uh, a few weeks ago, 
because I was I was on this thing about when the playoff expands that there needs to be uh, some type of threshold for conference champions to make it. And they actually ranked them, I think, down to 50, but they only released the top 25. So they, they try to do a comprehensive look at the entire sport, and that's why they do it. But probably the most practical reason is to set the New Year's Six games and to determine who has more quality wins than someone else. Who selects the committee? It's, uh, it's, a, rotating, it's a rotating group. They extend bids. I think it's a three-year term. There are four new members on it this year. So the college football playoff group uh, extends invitation, tries to put together guys and women with from various backgrounds, playing experience, coaching experience, administrative. The last couple of committees have had a media member on it or a former media member on it. Really? And um, so they, they try to sort of spread the gamut across people in college football. Like I read, I, I kind of, I try, everybody can disagree with the committee. That's fine. I mean, that's sort of part and parcel of what goes along with the committee. But I get annoyed when uh, someone uh, put out last night, they don't know what they're watching. And I'm like, okay, so you're telling me you don't think that Jim Grobe, who used to coach at Wake Forest, knows what he's watching. You don't think that Joe Taylor, who had a brilliant head coaching career for 30 years at HBCUs, he doesn't know what he's watching. You don't think Will Shields, John Urschel, or Ward Manuel, who's the AD at Michigan but played at Michigan, they don't know what they're watching. Give me a break. You know, you can disagree with them. That's fine. I mean, that's that's part of the territory. But they know what they're seeing. You know, they, they are able to make football judgments on things. I saw Boo was the guy I saw. Boo Corrigan, I believe his name. He's the athletic yep. director mm-hmm. for... NC State. NC State. He was talking last night. Is, is being able to articulate what the committee is finding a part of picking the leader of the committee? Or is that just strictly a, this person will get us to the decision better than everybody else? I think it's a little bit of both, Pat. It's an important part to represent what the committee thinks. And it's also you want someone with good leadership qualities in the room. And and Boo mentioned last night, uh, this is his first year as the chair, and mentioned using a light touch, trying to pick his spots. Probably learned that from his father, who was a longtime uh, administrator, who's the athletic director at Notre Dame in Virginia, the commissioner of the ACC, Gene Corrigan. Um, Boo's brother Tim, yeah. Boo, uh, Boo's brother Tim works for us. Used to work in college football, and now is a coordinating producer, probably senior coordinating producer in the NBA. So this is a, a family that's been immersed. Boo grew up in this. He he knows he knows that's this hilarious. stuff. But but I think one of the things that is difficult for the chair every week is that they're in that room and they have a vote. They have a voice. And you might have thought one thing, you might have been advocating one position, but it, but the committee speak. as a whole came to a different conclusion, and you have to represent what the committee as a whole, the, the uh, conclusion that they came to. Listening to Boo go, now, there was quite an argument to be said <laughs> that Michigan... <laughs> Deserved. They put up 418 yards against Penn State, yes. the only league opponent. Clemson yeah. has had three top 25 wins, but that's in our current ranking. What it will be by the end of that whole There is certainly an argument to be said about that. But what the committee said was, like, that's a funny thought of him having to balance his own person. Because those are split, right? Are those just vote majority wins? Or does it have to be like two-thirds, or what is it? No, they do it. It's a really interesting way they've done it. And I've gone through the exercise a couple of times. They put... They put teams on the screen, and you list six teams, and no particular order. 
And the six teams that get the most votes from the 13 people in the room are then put into a group and you rank them. Three are then ranked. The other three are held over. You do the entire process over and over again. So they don't just do it like you would do the AP poll or the coaches poll where everybody votes one through 25 and then you add it up. It's uh, it's a more of a deliberative process. It's more of a team's evaluating teams within groups and clusters. So there are situations that have come up in the past where I've asked various committee chairs the question, maybe you have a couple of teams, and you say, was Team A ever actually evaluated in the same group as Team B? And sometimes they'll tell you and sometimes they won't. And, uh, you know, so that's also an interesting thing. How do you feel being the guy that has to lay out the information every Tuesday night of what the committee's voting on? Not even what Boo is telling you what the committee's betting on. You have to do it because as soon as the top two, as soon as uh, Georgia was ranked three, you go, so we miss out on one verse two this week. That was your first, rea- <laughs> your first reaction. <laughs> I heard it. I literally heard it because as soon as it popped up on the screen, I had the same reaction as you. It was like, all right, so it's one verse, uh, it's one verse three this week or whatever. It was. It's funny listening to you kind of – do you know before the show goes live or are you being revealed it while you're live on air? Revealed when we're live on air. When we started this, this is the ninth season of it, we went back and forth about that and ultimately decided I think the first week of revealing the rankings in 2014 that let's give this a try and see how this works with us not having a single clue as to what the rankings are going to look like and just react – uh, genuinely and authentically, and it's worked out, and we we make it a point not to see. In fact, last night, uh, Drew Gallagher, who you know is the coordinating producer of, of Game Day, says before the show, he's out there with uh, Pollock and Galloway and me, and Drew says, here's a question you might want to think, and I said, stop right there. And he said, what? I said, when you tell me what question you think I ought to ask, you're starting to figure out. I said, I'm going to know something because I know how you think and vice (laughs) versa. He knows how I think, too. I said, don't. So don't tell me. And he didn't. And we we go out of our way to make sure we don't see it at all beforehand. It's the right move. It's a good decision. I'm happy ESPN decided to do that. I'm happy you're a part of that. Drew Gallagher, Philly John. Super Uh, happy right now. (laughs) Eagles are good. Bryce Harper's hitting dingers, and he's telling the guy coming up behind him in the batter's box, everything we thought about this guy's glove placement, 100% real. Mm -hmm. Another dong shot about to win the fucking World Series. (laughs) Hey, good for Drew, by the way. And all all the Philly Johns there. Uh, Ty has a question for you, Reese. Yeah, Reese, we've heard a lot about the potential you know moving to eight teams in 2024 or 2025 it seems like that date kind of moves a lot pat mentioned before we were on air about how with the power five it doesn't really make sense because there are still only four teams and it doesn't really apply this year because oregon and usc both have a loss but do you see them moving to eight teams here in the near future so we avoid situations where you know you have all five power conferences potentially have a champion that go undefeated and one of those teams is still the odd man out. Well, they, they've agreed to a 12-team format that's going to exactly when that's going to be implemented is still being discussed. That's more of a logistical question. Of being what do you mean by that? Venues, all of that what do you mean by the, that, uh, Reese? Tw- what do you mean by that? What, what do I mean by what? The logistical question? Yeah, when it's going to come in, when it's not going to come Because you and I know the same Pro- information. I'm excited to hear how you lay it out. And then as you lay it I, out, I, would, I will do the same. My guess is, and it's nothing more than a guess, I think we'll have this system. Obviously, we're going to have this year. I think we'll definitely have this system next year. But my guess is is that by well, that by 24, maybe 25 at the latest, but by 24, I think we can probably get to the place where there will be 
the the 12-team playoff. And what the 12 teams would consist of would be the um, six highest-ranked conference champions. They would automatically get into the field. Um, the top four-ranked conference champions would get buys. And then after that, you would use the rankings for the at-large bids to fill out the rest of the So what, what's the sixth one, the American Conference? It would be whoever's the highest ranked. In this particular year, if you, if just for the fun of the exercise, if you used last Hell night's yeah. rankings and pretended that those were the final, um, the highest ranked, next highest ranked conference champion would be Tulane at number 19. So Tulane would get into the field. They wouldn't get a bye, but they would get into the field of 12. And that would be from the American, but there have been years when it would be, uh, when Coastal Carolina a couple of years ago, uh, probably would have been the team out of the Sun Belt to get it under a 12-team format. Cincinnati, UCF. I mean, there's a lot. And even though they're moving to the Big 12. The Big 12. Yeah. 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 So will the, mm-hmm. so the plan would still be, I guess, in a couple of years to have six conferences that are worthy of sending somebody to a playoff then. So all that thought of, whoa, what was that face? That, that, is, that is my biggest bone of contention with the 12-team plan. Really? Oh, I think, I, I think there needs to – I think there needs to be a threshold that the champions need to meet in order to be included, whether that's being ranked in the – I would probably be so strict, I'd say the top 12 or 15, but even if it's just the top 20, because you might run into a year where the fifth or sixth highest-ranked conference champions, like 37th, why are they in the national yeah. championship tournament? They shouldn't be there. You know, so I would like to That's the March Madness people. thought, though, right? That's the March Madness yeah. thought is what they're going for. Right, exactly. And I, and I don't think it fits for, for college football. I, I like the fact that it's hard to get in. So if um, I, I would like to see a threshold for it. But your point is a perfect one, is that those teams that are moving out of the American, by definition, weakens that conference. So now you're, the teams that are moving out of the Pac-12 weakens that conference. So now you've got two that this year are legitimate that are going to be weaker by the time we get to 12 and in theory would weaken the playoff field. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it works out. Reese, it sounds like you've had this conversation with somebody in the past. There is has a question for you, Reese. Go ahead, d Reese, while I have the authority on college football on here, i got to ask you about my Huskies. Number one, is there any chance <laughs> my UConn Huskies get back into a conference so that they compete, on, uh, compete and recruit on a better level. And what's your thoughts on uh, Coach Mora? Uh, obviously, he's doing some big things over at UConn. You guys did a piece on him on game day. What's your thoughts on him turning this program around? Move out of that house. Needs to move out of the house. <laughs> I agree with Pat on that one. Got to get out of that, out of that Ghostbusters house, first and foremost. Uh, I've, been, I've been really surprised and impressed. with uh, Jim's a really good coach, but I thought that the difficulties that UConn faced because they de-emphasized football by definition because of yep. the choices they've made to uh to put basketball first go back into the big east which all of the fans in connecticut virtually all of them wanted because that's more important to them but i think with a strong coach like mora and if he uses the transfer portal wisely that this could be this could be their path they're not going to out recruit anybody um there are good players in the northeast there just aren't as many of them and most of them are leaving the area anyway. Um, you know, whether it's Christian Wilkins, you know, leaving to go to Clemson, or there's a quarterback over at uh, mine and Pat's favorite place, the Avon Old Farm School for Boys, who just committed to Georgia. The Winged uh, Beavers. You know, the Winged Beavers. <laughs> so, you know, I think he has to find a way to keep some of those guys home and then make UConn an attractive 
bounce back place for guys who decide they want want to come home or things aren't working out or whatever. But he's a really good coach. He's done a, done a tremendous job, I think. As far as being attractive to a conference, they would love to get in the ACC. But I, I just I think it's hard to find what they bring in terms of increasing the value and football in terms of eyeballs and things of that nature. Well, and speaking of that, YouTube doesn't make a sound when the ratings drop, mm-hmm. but I think I heard a about that. I think I heard. So I mean, maybe the ACC changes that. I'm not sure, we'll but. I, I, I'm happy. Hey, good for the Huskies. Yeah. Way to go, UConn. Hey, way to go, UConn. <laughs> Thank you, Reese. Uh, college football authority is uh, Pete Thamel, but this man knows <laughs> right, everything right. about everything. Reese, a lot of coaches fired. You know, Harson's the most uh, recent down there at Auburn, and there was, I guess, conversation and chatter about that happening since his offseason whenever there was, like, so many complaints about the operation he's running with either, either alumni and current players, and I think the NCAA was investigating. Just never really – worth a a shot this year it sounded like he was getting fired from day one uh he adds to the list of other five uh schools that already have power five conference schools that are going to have openings you got matt rule coming out of the nfl Dion sanders obviously his name's getting brought up for everything he's done for jackson state and the swack as a whole game day went to jackson state in the middle of the season not for a bowl not for anything in the middle of the season went to jackson so he's obviously getting a lot of uh Lane Kiffin, people are saying he's leaving Ole Miss to maybe go to one of these other schools. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. How do you see this shaping up? When will these decisions be made? And is any of it in very interesting to think about right now? Or does this all kind of get handled later, Reese? No, man, I think it's fascinating right now. Uh, you, you talked about ratings. Our ratings show that when we talked about last year, when we talked about the USC coaching search, no matter how many times we did it, the ratings ticked up. People are fascinated by it. It's drama. Uh, it's intrigue. There's always right, a fascination with the, uh, with the bright, shiny new toy who might lift the program back to relevance. So I, I think it's really fascinating conversation. It's a difficult spot for guys like Lane, who are in the middle of still competing for championships where he is, but he's going to be a target of theirs, I for would who? imagine. For I Auburn? I, for Auburn. I mean, I can't he would leave that they wouldn't go after him. Let me, let me show my ignorance here of college football. He leaves Ole Miss to go to Auburn. For, I've heard the Grove and Ole Miss, and it's in the SEC, and what he's been able to accomplish, and he's good. is a good spot. Auburn, better school for coaching than oh, – that would be a climb up the scale. And how, how, who, de- who decides that? Uh, well, the individual does. I think there are pluses and minuses to both, Pat, but I think there is some history that would indicate that Auburn is a higher-level job. And here, Well, number one, Ole Miss has had a coach leave uh, Ole Miss for Auburn before. Tommy Tuberville left Ole Miss to go to Auburn before just days after saying the only way I'll leave Oxford is in a pine box. That's right. So I advise Lane, whatever you do, don't say you're not going to leave Oxford except in a pine box. He wants to. Because he's later, in government. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's a, he's a senator in the state of Alabama now. So. Never lies. He's oh, yeah. not no, no. a politician. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Lane's going to be a senator. But, <laughs> Like I think, no, I, I don't. I don't think that's that's in the cards. But for all of the dysfunction that Auburn has had, and it's been abundant uh, dysfunction, they won a national championship in 2010. They were 13 seconds from winning another one in 2013, and they were a game away from making the playoff in 2017. So throughout all of that, they've won big. Ole Miss hasn't done as much i think there's a little bit more of a fertile recruiting area there's a there there's a you know a bigger stadium for whatever that's worth um at auburn i think it's probably a slightly better situation but i've heard people say you can't win a national championship at Ole miss i don't believe that 
I just think it's a, probably a little bit harder than at Auburn. So I, I think it'll be, you know, I think I, the fans I think they'll make a run at it. I just don't know if they'll take it or not. I heard Ole Miss fans are, and that's all everybody said. Like, Ole no, Miss, they're great. If we do a game yeah, day at Ole great. Miss, you'll love. You will. They yeah. said you will love Ole Miss. You, they're pointing yeah. at me. You will love <laughs> Ole Miss. I'm like, oh, yeah. sounds great. And then it's like Lane Kiffin might leave to go somewhere else within the same conference. I just didn't fully understand that. Let's talk about some of the other jobs. There's some other big jobs. Is Matt Rule, you think, a name that's going to come back into college circles because of the success he had at Temple and at Baylor, even though it didn't work out with the Carolina Panthers? Deion Sanders, you think he gets a big time look? And what do you think it'll take for? We saw the love. That, D, that mm-hmm. Jackson has for Dion and Dion has for Jackson, obviously. And there's a lot more to it than just how much you appreciate. And he would still be able to be a blueprint for people that you can go coach in the SWAC and get a Power 5 job as opposed to having to go coach somewhere else to get a big-time job. So I think it would still be a success story if he was to leave there. Do you think he gets called to a Power 5 school? And which one do you think it is, potentially? I, I don't know which one it would be, Pat, but I think that uh – that power five schools would be foolish not to evaluate Dion closely. I know it's only a couple of years Mm -hmm. as a head coach, but he's done a remarkable job. And one of the things about being a college head coach is so much of it is about how well do you handle building the, the culture and the structure of your program and, and generating enthusiasm, whether it be for fundraising or tickets or recruiting. Dion's done all of that brilliantly. And you know he knows ball, and you see by what he's done at Jackson State that he can put together a great staff. He would have more resources somewhere else to do, do those things. He would give you a huge boost in attention. Um, so I, I think there are a lot of schools that would be interested in looking at him, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn didn't at least look at him. Georgia Tech might look at him. Uh, you know, I think those would be a couple off the top of my head. And if Florida State gets sideways, they definitely would look at him. And as, uh, as – you brought up Matt Rule. I've I've been like chief on the hire Matt Rule parade. That was the guy I was I was telling USC to go try to hire Matt Rule when he was still with the Panthers. So I think Matt might take a year off of just talking to people who talked to him. Hey, yeah, but baby. I, By the way, yeah. I think he'd be great. I think he'd be great uh, wherever whoever hired him. We're gonna try to get him on our show for that year he takes off. Now, I know he probably wants to disappear for a little bit and enjoy his life. It's probably been very stressful. The amount of turnover in his oh. program out there at Carolina and his first dabble as a head coach in the NFL with what he left at Baylor to go do that. A lot of money, like $70 million, so he can enjoy that a little bit with the family. But whenever he was at Baylor, they were a wagon. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were everything. All signs were pointing like happiness, happy life. Everybody loved him. He was king. Then he goes, Carolina, we want the boon. And I mentioned Matt Rule maybe getting hired somewhere in college on that show. They cheered. They're Panthers fans. They're like, wow. yeah. yeah, get his ass the fuck out of here. Like, his happiness levels have to be, you know, on quite a, a roller coaster over the last few years. Hopefully he enjoys the year off. I'd be excited to see what Matt Rule does. Good football coach. His style just didn't work in the NFL yet. Will it work in the future? Maybe. We do know it works in college. Excited for that. And why not get Dion to West Virginia? You let him go to Georgia Tech with Atlanta? Oh, boy. Georgia Tech is in the middle of Atlanta. Yeah. And you get Deion Sanders in the middle of Atlanta with the money backing in the NIL deal with the companies that are in Atlanta. That's why I thought Collins was going to do well there because he was basically laying it out. Like, hey, when the NIL stuff comes, the amount of companies we have here in Atlanta that want Atlanta to be good, want our team to be good, would enjoy that, are huge. Like, they are ready to kind of open checkbooks for us. If Dion was to get to Atlanta. Look out. 
What if Georgia Sweet. Tech's a fucking powerhouse? Yeah. Sweet. And that with the 12 team thing, that would work out definitely well for them to get going. I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. I love the drama. Go ahead, Connor, your question for Reese, and then we'll let you go. We know you're a very busy man. Yeah, Reese, you mentioned some of the coaching jobs opening. Are you praying for Notre Dame to be open to get some more, you know, ratings boosted? And also, who do you think they're going to join? Do you think they'll be an SEC school, ACC? Which conference do you see them going to? I don't. I don't know that they need to join a conference. The only thing that would persuade them to join a conference is if the money became so prohibitively different uh, for their conference share as opposed to what they can make doing money. things on their own with their own money. network deal. And I think with the expanded playoff now, uh, their their path to get into the postseason will be even easier uh, than it is now. So rather than having to be in the four and worried about conference championship games and all of those types of things they don't have to worry about that anymore they just need to be in the top 10 or 11 and if they do that they would they would be able to make it into the playoff uh, as far as their coaching situation i'm not praying for it to be open i'm, I'm a big fan of marcus freeman um, they've had some bumps in the road his first year there's no question about that but I, I think he's going to do a tremendous job there i think he's got the goods to be an outstanding head coach for the long term you're a bad guy he yeah loves, i know he loves calling for people's jobs <laughs> This guy yeah. has asked for five people to be fired in the last two days. It's getting outrageous. Yeah, I'm not asking for him to be fired. I'm only asking for the Colts head coach to be fired. <laughs> That's just, just one. What is this guy's problem? What is your deal, dude? I'm just defending myself. Marcus just one. has got the best recruiting class Notre Dame's ever had. He's And they're only going to get better. Seems like they're like this right now. Whenever they figure it out, right, they have a chance to be very mm-hmm. good. When they're bad, they're not there yet. Whenever they're good, they have a chance to be great. Remember how they played against Ohio State week one? That's right. They flew around a little yeah, bit. They did. They got an opportunity, and then they lose some bad games. Then they have that bye. They come back. They win. They're just on a roller coaster right now. They're trying to figure it out. They will be able to do so. No problem. Marcus Freeman's going to be a guy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of being a guy, this guy's been a guy since the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, the college game day guy, Reese Davis. Thank you. He's now from an attic in Ohio. Is a man who won a college football national championship with the current number two team in the country, Ohio State. He won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. He's the all-time leading tackler for the Packers. He's a concussion dealer, yeah. an NBA pundit, a video game shit talker. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, A.J. Hawk. What's up, dude? Good to be here. How are you guys doing? Good. You're dealing out concussions, bro. CT, CT, Is that what you do? No. I wish. I wish I was big enough and had a hard enough head to do that. Oh, shut up. Okay. He did. You, this you guy said, dealt so many yeah. concussions. AQ so actually bad. told us that you were trying to give a concussion to the guy's thigh, but you gave a concussion to his forearm instead, and for a week he couldn't make a fist mm-hmm. because of this head. And because of this head, we have this brain that joins us every single day. We appreciate you for that. What are your thoughts on the big news stories of the day? More specifically, Dan Snyder has hired Bank of America to gauge potential interest on a potential sale. What did you learn from that? What do you think about that? And how do you think Dan Snyder feels about this at his genuine soul well i saw it does matter if he sells like complete ownership or minority stakes which it would have like you would think somebody got to him and told him hey like it might be a good idea to explore your options to try to sell this team which it seems like he absolutely does not want to but who is forcing this, do you think? Well, maybe it's the other owners. Maybe it's uh, people that are close to him. You know, his wife was having to speak for him for a lot of times and for the team. I wonder if she got sick of that quickly and said, this is never going to change. Like, you're never going to be able to come back. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's the building. Maybe it's the other owners. Maybe he did just come to his senses like, man, I hate this. He went to the game in Indianapolis. Obviously, they steal one from Jim Irsay, who's been kind of pushing and leading this charge with less than a minute left. When Heineke delivers a ball to scary Terry McLaurin, like a 50-yard reception, 
interception to get it down to the goal line and Taylor scores to take the soul out of Indianapolis in a Ring of Honor game for Tarek Glenn, who's a fucking ball. Congrats, Tarek. Congrats, Congrats. Tarek. Sorry, Tarek. Sorry, Tarek. Sorry, Tarek. Nonetheless, maybe Snyder does hate his life, uh, being the most hated person in the NFL. Maybe Dan Snyder is sick of it. Tone Diggs painted a pretty, you know, Bob Ross painting-like scenario. You know, he went on like a three-month vacation whenever he was taping, duct-taping his hands in his pockets Mm -hmm. so they they couldn't get him a subpoena so he could go testify to the oversight committee. Oh, you haven't subpoenaed me? What are you talking about? We Mm -hmm. sent you an email. I'm on the phone. I haven't haven't been on the computer. Mm -hmm. Well, we actually gave you where? Can't put him in my pockets, pockets are taped. Hands got duct tapes on him. It's like Edward 40 hands, but I got no 40s. I just duct taped my hands. You can't put a subpoena on me. Oh, we're going to tape it onto your shirt. Oh, it's actually a stickless uh, shirt that I bought that I actually sure. created. So he was able to hide from a subpoena somehow. Even though the whole world knows that he was being subpoenaed, he was able to make an excuse. Oh, I didn't know. I know I was on my yacht in Napoleon's home island or whatever. Mm-hmm. He did that for three months. There was video surfacing of them having a fucking party on there, having the time of their life, going to the spa. Nobody really noticing who he is. Maybe getting $6 billion alongside being able to live that life was something that was laid out in front of him. And he said, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I will go do that for the rest of my life. Or is Dan Snyder doing this to say fuck you to the owners and to the fans in the end by selling out, you know, like 30% of his shares, picking up a couple billion dollars, getting more money in his pocket, and being the winner in the end, and buying a new yacht that is actually named Uh Fuck You by (laughs) Dan Snyder. These are all things that he could do because he is a movie character, it feels like. Darius, which way are you leaning in the Dan Snyder sweepstakes? Is he saying fuck you to everybody, or is he actually selling the team? I'm on that first one with Ty. I think he said fuck you. Looking at his history, his rap sheet, he may sell 5% of this team just <laughs> just to stir up this story it'll be hilarious in the end if still be a yeah. massive deal oh yeah like bank of america oh, yeah. securities would certainly still be a part of this some big company would be a part of this. there's a lot of money transferring coming fluid mm-hmm. by the way a lot right. of this money would be coming fluid so you could potentially invest in the team a little bit more if you ever wanted to do that maybe fix the poop pipes you know that happened yep. do anything like that at the stadium make his company better or take it right to the fucking yacht shop buy a fucking yacht dot and do his whole thing mm-hmm. We don't know what Dan Snyder is because Dan Snyder is what people have described as an asshole, a cockroach, and all these other things. Alleged. These are all alleged. We don't know him personally. But this was big news this morning that certainly got Commanders fans excited. And we're not 100% there yet because Dan Snyder is Dan Snyder until we see he is no longer Dan Snyder. Yeah, percentage definitely makes the most sense, I think. But is there any chance that the Gruden lawsuit is kind of – becoming more and going into more depth about the emails and that maybe something else even worse about Dan Snyder is about uh, to come out and he might have gotten worse. I don't know. Is there anything worse? Honestly. I don't, so. I don't know, but I also <laughs> I'm could, sure there, there's always something yeah, worse. Yeah, you can imagine sure. him doing yeah, but, the worst thing. But Snyder, you know, like how he, it might be worse from, a, from our standpoint because we have morals yeah. and a conscience and stuff like that. Right, mm-hmm. I'm talking about for Snyder. Is there, he thinks everybody hates him already and says he's the worst human of all time. Like if something else comes out, is Snyder going to be like, "Oh no, can't do that"? You <laughs> know, like even if it is, it's probably going to be terrible. If it the is criminal. something else, <laughs> I, I mean, get, it was government. That stuff's, that was, stuff's already come out. Yeah, like, fucking short of him, he stole from the other owners. Yeah, yeah. allegedly, yeah. he fucked over the government. Allegedly, all the stuff with the cheerleaders yep. and the workplace. He's a sexist person. Yeah, allegedly, he's gotten his company exposed to being a terrible business, like four times with the biggest newspaper in the fucking world. I mean, like Dan Snyder has to feel like he is in the bottom of the bottom when it comes to social clout. I guess mm-hmm. at this point. So, if anything else was to come out that wasn't, you know, like actual forcible for him to 
fraud, some sort. And, like and not alleged stuff, like things that would be like, hey, this isn't alleged anymore. Not personal you. stuff. Like, and this is the big thing. Um, you know, it's coming into conversation, especially as we talk about politicians and shit like that. Like, I think punishable by crime things are things that can force somebody to have to do stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's just punishable by community, I don't think that it, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I think community, all of us judging Daniel Snyder, certainly a real thing, certainly can view however you want to view about him, and everybody alleges he's an asshole. <laughs> but unless it's a punishable by crime thing, like if he typed something up in an email that was terrible, that's punishable by community yes, stuff. Yeah. Unless in there he is laying out how he... <laughs> perfectly executed a tax scheme around the government. They're like, well, well, now we have a paper trail for everything that you were doing. That could potentially be it, and we'll probably hear that soon. But if it's punishable just by community, I don't know why Dan Snyder would, because he's already viewed as the worst yep. human on earth. The, ta- the tax stuff's already been alleged, too. They yeah. talked about how they had the two separate books and all that kind of stuff. So, like, there's that. Like, honestly, I think short of, like, him, like, having someone killed. <laughs> Like, hiring a hitman and having someone killed, like, I don't know what else could tarnish his reputation. And also, going back to that, like, him enjoying vacation, I think when you get in a position like that where everyone is kind of saying the same thing about you and they, and they view you the same way, like, I think he gets off on that. I think he likes being hated. It's like, hey, I got more money than you. Um, I'll always have more money than you. Like, you hate me. Who gives a fuck? A lot of people hate what me. What was that show you guys had me watch where the guy was getting wax dripped on him? Billions. Billions. Yeah. Great show. That's what you're talking about? Not not necessarily in that same vein. Like, I don't think it's sexual, but I think he loves the idea that, like, oh, people hate my guts. They can't fucking stand me. Well, when you say get off. Well, right. It's been but like you, that for a while, yeah, too, so, with him. Like, in, in, you know, NFL circles, like, he's always kind of been that guy. Now it's become more and more public, but... Uh, to your point with the community stuff, like the other owners that have kind of been forced to sell or forced out, you know, Sarver and NBA, Sterling, Richardson. I feel like that was majority like community. That wasn't real like crime. See, Richardson's or, the only one in the NFL though, right? That was Carolina yeah. Panthers guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was what, like 90? I think he, he was. He sold. He was forced to sell too. That's different. Like the, the owners, they but that was community. somebody else. What D-Bot's saying is They don't is want to was, have to get to that though. That they got to push him. But he was pushed to it though, I think, yeah. because mm-hmm. of all the pressure and everything going on. And the owner's like, this is not a good look. Like someone had to tell him, hey, you better go sell this thing because we don't want to have to vote you out. That doesn't look good for anybody. Well, and who knows if Snyder has stuff on everybody like that one commander's executive. This oh, could yeah. get yeah. dicey for the mm. NFL. And we will continue. Yeah. Sorry, the PAFL. Right. And we will continue yeah. to watch along and report every single piece of information. <laughs> That's right. Have to do it. People are talking about it. It is yeah. now time for us to do a segment that we love. A segment that has made our show better. Where not only do we get a chance to learn from the roots of the teams but we get to hear perspectives that we don't normally get to hear because we're national idiots international idiots ladies and gentlemen it's time to feel the beat hey that was good you guys felt the beat right there we're about to feel the beat joining us now writer for the athletic formerly of the indie star he's a professor at Indiana University Media Ooh, School, wow. a man that I know well. He's an incredibly talented guy. Ladies and gentlemen, covering the Colts, Zach Kiefer. Yeah, What's up, boss? What's up, man? How are you guys doing? Hey, we're great. Thank you so much for joining us. Are you at the building right now? What's going on? What are we waiting for? I am at for? the facility. Practice is starting in just a minute. Are they mailing it in? Hey, you get rid of Naeem Hines. Naeem Hines allegedly asked for his trade from the Indianapolis Colts. That's not good for the culture anyways. But are they mailing it in? Do you sense any, like, quit in this team, or you think we're still trying to go get it, Zach? 
I think they're towing the line. I think a lot of guys were really pissed last week that they benched Matt Ryan. I think their voices and their words said that. And I think Naheem, you know, moving Naheem, benching the quarterback, firing the OC, things are not good over here, Pat. Like, things are not good over here. I don't think they're mailing it in. They're not waving the white flag. But this is going to be a rough couple months. Zach, what do you think of the timing of the of benching Matt Ryan? Was that a bit surprising to you? And where do you think that started? Does that, does that start from the top? Is Frank Reich like who all is involved in that? Yeah, it started from the top, and, and the surprising part was that was weeks in the making. They had discussed that for a couple weeks. So you're talking about benching your starting quarterback after week five. They did it after week seven. A lot of the offensive linemen were not happy. Now they're part of the problem, right? This <laughs> offensive line is. Is really not performed well. Mm. But uh, these guys love Matt Ryan. They love him, and that was a gut punch. They love Sam Ellinger as well because of the offensive line. Um, but Jim Mercy had his say in this quarterback decision a lot like he did the last time. Okay, I think we heard that. You said that the team loved Matt Ryan, so whenever he gets benched, it maybe causes a little bit of uh, a problem in the locker room. Then you fire the offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, who I, I live in Indianapolis. I'm a Colts fan. I didn't necessarily know that Marcus Brady was the offensive coordinator. I thought Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator. Has there been conversations and discussions about giving up the play calling from Frank Reich or doing something different, or is that no, not even a conversation piece? No, Frank Reich's not going to give up play calling duties. There's going to be more on hmm. his plate moving forward. He's going to call the play. Oh, okay. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, smart. All right, thanks, Zach. Please. Zach, we're losing you. Tech. We appreciate Zach yeah. Kiefer. Yeah, yeah. Zach, It's probably on our end, huh? Connection here with Reese and with Zach. Not great. Is that on our side or their side? What side is it, you think? It was probably connected to the building's yeah. Wi-Fi. And he was on the outside and the inside. Yeah, all yeah. I probably sent off an EMP because I don't want any of that news getting out of there. <laughs> he's on fire. I think Jonathan Taylor's not practicing, too. I thought I saw that, too. Yeah, I don't think he's playing against him because he knows I'm going to get fucking eaten because my O-line sucks. All right. So, didn't sound good over there, AJ. Did it? Didn't sound good from East 56th Street. They're holding the line. Hold the line, he said, right? No, he said towing towing the line. East 56. Very different. That's worse. Hold and Yeah. (laughs) Much different. Big difference. We are the dumbest. You said East 56 (laughs) is where their facility is? Yeah. So, if you have any problems, make a sign. Go stand outside the facility. Maybe something that says people know where the Colts. Are. Okay, I, I did. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it's very two Super Bowl, two parades this decade. This decade. Do you know how many events they have up at that facility? There's like new for asking for money from the people, or well, I think you do have to pay most of those <laughs> things yeah, to go to. But it's for charity, charity, charity. Sure. Obviously. Do you think Frank Reich's just going down with the ship? Then it's like, hey, I've shown that uh, my offense stinks, but I actually want more on my plate. Give me more. Give me more of it. Give me everything. Like, is he just? Prepared so. to go down yeah. with the ship now. Hey, Marcus, I appreciate you. You need to go start looking for another job now. We're all mm-hmm. gone. Maybe this was a friendly fire. Yeah, go you know find I mean? another job. Sure. Maybe this was, uh, hey, did you hear what Bruce did? So when Tom Brady came back, Bruce said, all right, I quit. So Todd Bowles had Tom Brady and the boys. <laughs> now, it wasn't the same Tom Brady. It was technically Tom Brady, but mm-hmm. it wasn't the same Tom Brady. He was looking out for his, uh, his guys. That's what I'm doing here, Marcus. We're getting fucking fired here. <laughs> I'm probably not getting hired again. No way. For a little bit. You should go start looking for another job right now. And with that being said, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jim Mercy, how about Jim Mercy puts out a tweet? Did you see that? No. no. Jim Mercy puts out a tweet like, uh, 
We have come to agreement to release offensive coordinator Marcus uh, Brady with a thumbs up at the end, and then it's a full article underneath. It's like, damn. All right. Hmm. So is Jim involved in this? Is Jim not involved in this? Uh, it's uh, How's that split up, too? Like, you got the OC obviously putting the, the game plan together, but Frank was calling plays on Sunday. So perfect. how do you – So this is like Biennemi and Reed, right? Is this similar? Yeah, like I mm-hmm. – Probably. That would be weird if I'm a play yeah. caller, like – A lot of them. And then you fire – uh, so a lot of people. I Sean McVay. Well, so you just Vikings, go through the head, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Lafleur, probably all the head coaches that call plays. Mm-hmm. I think have this type of mm-hmm. setup. McDaniel. But it's always a weird thing whenever they fire that offense coordinator because everybody's like, like are the players? This guy's not, not running the offense. Yeah. How, how is the offensive line coach not? That would be probably the first because that's the that's the strength of this team. Should have been the strength of this team coming into um, the year. That's where they spent the most You're money. Fired. I, I don't like calling for people's jobs, but I'm saying if that, we're sending a message, that would be the first group I would look at. And then obviously, you know, you've had a revolving door quarterback. You got Sam in there now, brought Matt Ryan over, but saying? I don't know. How about the players not being happy about the Matt Ryan benching? That's interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, that's I like hearing that, by the way, about yeah. Matt Ryan. I mm-hmm. like hearing that about the team, but I also kind of makes me. Bummed about what the fuck Sam Ellinger's about to go do. These boys have seen him yeah. practice for the last two years. Yeah. And they're like, you're Benjamin, right? What are we doing? What it's are gonna, we doing? Also, I guess it's maybe not on him, but Frank Reich is kind of a player's coach. Like, isn't it weird that he wouldn't go? You mean, like, go into a couple of those guys on the offensive? Like, if they were just, like, blindsided by that and didn't see it I don't coming, think he had any say. I, think I don't think he had much say in it. Well, it, it was reported that it was his decision. I think we kind of assumed that it came from, you know, the top down. But isn't that kind of weird that, like, there was no discussion there? It's very weird. Everything, everything's fucking weird. Yeah. We're not going to make the playoffs again. What's that? You fire coaches in the season. Anytime you're firing a coaches in the season, it's not a great not a great thing no. for the program. There's going to be a players-only meeting here in the next couple weeks. Oh. Yeah. We are staring down an opportunity <laughs> for a players-only meeting happening in a couple weeks. They might get yeah. kicked Someone out of the league. league. Somebody should. Relegated? relegated? No, yeah. if somebody films it, this ain't. Okay, this ain't right. It might change the narrative. might change the narrative on player-only meetings. People be like, oh, I get why they're stupid. No, well, not everybody should know that, okay? Everybody <laughs> should know that. And if you're having them, it's they, not good. It's not going to be good afterwards. But if, 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 a, if a video of players-only meeting gets out, that's even worse. Like, okay, so we're having a players-only meeting, and now one of the players in the players-only meeting is recording it and leaking it. Yeah. I mean, that is... That's like literally as bad as it can. That yeah, is the bottom of the bottom of bad culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if there is a players only meeting in Indianapolis, I hope I don't fucking see it. But it sure feels like there's a chance we might. <laughs> yeah. Because of the way Indianapolis is going. Wanna say that just a couple weeks ago, we're gonna win a Super Bowl, got a lot of shit to figure out. We have not figured it out. Speaking of figuring it out, let's continue to feel the beat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go down to the Miami Dolphins. Beat reporter for the Dolphins, Kyle Cathcart. Yeah, Kyle! Uh, Kyle, you've been on the Dolphins beat for your entire life. They're making moves. They get chubbed down there. We saw Tyreek Hill on Fortnite blimping in with a fat pig into his uh, oh, yeah. wherever he's going to go kill yep. other fake cartoons. And he said, aha, I did an evil laugh. <laughs> and then said, welcome to Miami, Chubb. Is this the year? Is these the vibes? And welcome to the show, Kyle. There was talk when Steven Ross came off suspension. They hadn't won a game since he was back in the building, but now two is back. They're winning. I talked to Mike McDaniel this morning. He was he, Everyone's talking about Bradley Chubb, but he was grinning like the butcher's dog, as you guys say on this show. And he said, I took John Lynch, my old friends, out back for Jeff Wilson for a fifth rounder. He couldn't stop laughing at that. Is that oh, what he said? He said he took him out back. It's great. 
<laughs> he took him out back. He said fifth rounder for Jeff Wilson. Him and Mo start. Mike McDaniel run game is going to be electric out here, guys. Speaking of Jeff Wilson, John Lynch actually came out and said that McDaniel, who was allegedly laughing in his face too, Kyle here, beat reporter mm-hmm. for the Miami Dolphins, was a great dude and said he won't only send Jeff to a good place. Jeff was happy about it. I bet you the Miami Dolphins team is happy about it. He already knows the system. You can drop him right in there and add another weapon. Uh, Boston Connor has a question for you, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, uh, there's been a lot of talk about how the Bills are the clear runaway favorites in the AFC East, but from what you're saying and from what we've seen on the internet, uh, it feels as though the Dolphins are planning to make a run here. What are the vibes in Miami, and how are the fans feeling about expectations going forward with all these moves at the deadline? Expectations are very high. As we know, everyone has the Bills at the top. But the talk around the city, Connor, as you know, longtime Patriots fan, I followed the show. The Dolphins beat the Bills already. Yeah. So if you know you beat that team already, this team knows they can do it. That's huge going forward for a team like the Dolphins, Boston Connor. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, Darius Butler, who's a nine-year NFL vet, also Dolphins fan, has yeah. a question yeah, for you right. on the beat down there in Miami, uh, Kyle. Absolutely, Kyle. I know you're locked in on the team, but you look like you know a little bit about betting, too. What's those uh, Super Bowl odds right now for those Finns? Good question, Darius. I know you're uh, usually a Dolphins fan. Nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> um, the Miami Dolphins oh. are plus 2,800 to win the Super Bowl. I myself have placed... A uh, rather large wager for them to do it. So let's hope it goes well out here in Miami, boys. Hell yeah, let's hope it goes well. I don't know how large it is, but maybe let's not talk too public about that because we're dealing with immigration with somebody that looks like you. Let's not bring in the IRS as well. Ken Diggs, your question for Kyle. Which leads me to my question, Kyle. Uh, covering the team for 20 years, does the U.S. government know that? Is there any other questions from the back? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We appreciate you, Kyle. Thanks for joining us as we feel the beat. Any final statements uh, about the Miami Dolphins that the world needs to hear, Kyle? It's our time. It's our time. It feels like that Miami, Pat. Like I said, since Nick Saban quit on us in 2006, there hasn't been a buzz like this around the city, my friend. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. On the beat in Miami, Kyle Casco. Uh, we'll continue to feel the beat. Obviously, we got Minnesota Vikings trip and the Niners to do in a couple minutes. Let's talk about this Miami team. Jeff Wilson was a deal that was made yesterday. wasn't talked about much. <coughs> McDaniel obviously knows what he can do from his Niner days. Lynch did come out and say everything that we said. Don't know if McDaniel said anything that he said sure. to Kyle Cathcart there. That's a big-time signing. They're going all in. Offense, defense, yeah. special teams are good. Are the Miami Dolphins a fucking legit team this year? No, now, obviously... The cliche thing to see, say whenever we see a team building is like, hey, in the next couple of years, this team could really do it. Is Miami team this year, you think, or no? This year. We just talked about uh, beating the big dogs, Bills, early on with, you know, half punt, punch drunk two in the second half. He got that done. Um, and then Byron well, Jones back? getting he's healthy. About yeah, his back, right. ankle. Um, but Byron Jones getting healthy, bringing in Chubb. Um, so the defense kind of have been playing up to their potential yet. Yeah, but you bring over Jeff Wilson. You already got Moster, who's familiar with the um, the offensive scheme. And Mike McDaniel, he's everything everybody cracked him up to be coming in and getting that job. So vibes are high, as uh, Kyle said down there in Miami. I'm happy they're able to have success because he can remain the same person. 
Right, AJ? Yep. McDaniel. If they weren't having success, everybody would expect him to change. Oh, shut up. This, what drugs is this guy? Come oh, on. He's calling plants or drugs whenever he's talking P-A-F-L. or whatever. But instead, they're winning, so he he doesn't have to hear any of that shit. And I'm not saying that he ever would have changed. I think Mike McDaniel's been Mike Daniel, uh, McDaniel since the beginning. But I'm happy they're having success with him being himself naturally, and I'm happy it's coming together. It's much better that way whenever that's how an era starts, AJ. Well, yeah, it is, but also... Like the front office, everybody is on the same page, it feels like, right? Like they all, they're all all in. It's not just like, hey, McDaniel's sitting there probably asking for, for a couple things here and there, weapons, whatever. It seems like they all are on the same page. Like, hey, let's do this thing. He's got two of playing well. We have all these pieces. Bring in Bradley Chubb. I mean, that was – when I saw that, I was like, okay, here we go. Dolphins are for real. Yeah, good for Chubb, too, moving into a state with no state income tax mm-hmm. uh, and also 95 degrees all year yeah. round. Right when it's getting to be winter in Denver. Where'd he come from? It's nice to live down there in South Florida. Yeah, amazing. Really? It's too hot, right? Isn't it too hot? A little bit more high-powered offense there, too. Yeah, you got two two Lambos out. It's tough lining up against against Hill and Waddle. Like, you got to – as a safety, I was talking about this with uh, A.B. He was like, man, like, my – typical alignment every week is probably 17 18 if i'm in the post if i'm lined up against these guys i gotta be like 22 23 or uh, i was gonna ask their secondary has been the strength the last few years but they've kind of stunk this year can yeah. they fix it i think they can and chubb you know you get a pass rush that's the best friend to a secondary and if you watch them play a lot of their pressure is, is six seven guys lined up and they're blitzing zero which puts a lot of pressure on those guys in the back end so if you can you know get home with four five guys how to help that defense a lot. Super cool sweatsuit yeah. today. Very, oh, very cool. God. Yeah, super cool. Very cool. I was just going to say that. Very cool. Miami super did cool. lose their leading tackler, Byron Jones, for the season with a knee injury. Oh, he's out for the year? Yeah. Oh. The leading tackler. That's the first yeah. bad news we've heard we from the, the Miami Dolphins tackle. in some time. Let's continue to feel the Uh, we're talking to a second-generation NFL man, a man who covers the Vikings on uh, Vikings Game Day Live and also the Minnesota Gophers pregame show. Ooh. He's an analyst for Fox 9 Minnesota and KFAN 1003. Hell yeah. Dad played safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the day. Hell he yeah. played in the Hell yeah. for a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron Johnson. Yeah! Oh! What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, thank you for joining us. D-Butt sent a text in. You yeah. made this happen. The Vikings seem to be a team that we need to talk about because not only on the trade deadline day just yesterday, did they make a massive play in their own division. Hey, Detroit, you've always been Detroit. Give us your best player. We'll see, you'll see him two times a year. You get TJ Hawkinson add to an offense that has been incredibly efficient thus far and kind of introducing itself to the NFL as a whole as a weapon. They add another weapon. Vibe's got to be very high for the Vikings. Is expectations Super Bowl or bust this year over there, Ron? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the only reason you go in and trade. But let's go back to the draft. The Vikings traded within their division during the draft. And everybody said the moment was too big for the new GM and Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. So he turned back and said, hey, look, I hooked you guys up during the draft. Hook me up. Let me get TJ Hawkinson. You guys suck. You're not going to do anything with this guy. So let Kirk Cousins handle him because we know we can. And uh, and I'm from Detroit, so I I always have to go there. I grew up with Barry Sanders and Herman Moore and those guys. And so uh, I I was hoping Detroit. I actually picked Detroit to finish second in the division. Dumbest pick I ever made in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ron, say it with us. Hey, Ron. Come on, say it with us. Same old lions. lions. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's the same old lions. Like 
The Lions were lying. Like um, what, uh, Spice Adams, who who hit me up before after after bring up what he says about your haircut, by the way. Uh, but Spice Adams and I, we always talk about the Lions, and they find a way to rip victory away every time. The jaws of defeat just find a way to get them, and <laughs> it's just going back to what they are. Ron, what a like? How big of a deal is having Kevin O'Connell there for Kirk Cousins, especially at this point in his career? People either seemed I don't know if he's like a love or hate thing with Kirk, but people don't trust him, I guess. As much is that trust you think continue to build with Kevin O'Connell there? Well, I mean, I played in the Arena Football League for a little bit too, and I had Jay Gruden as my coach. Jay Gruden had mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins uh, with the Washington Football Team. Uh, I-, I heard something though, like we can't say NFL, right? Or am you I can, allowed to say you, you can. just can't say? You can say anything can, you want. You yeah, can. we cannot. Because I got a Vikings like unreal shirt on, so I didn't know if I need to put a piece of tape over the logo for your show today. <laughs> I wasn't sure what the That's rules about logos. Yeah. That's it, because uh. you work for the Vikings. That Correct. would be a Vikings thing, but it's on our mm-hmm. cover the logo. Oh, I don't know. Hey, I'm thankful that it's not on camera because we'd be putting a real fucking it's low. conundrum. Yeah, the logo is low. I kept it low, so I didn't want to. I didn't want anybody bleeping me out or sending me a, a pink slip to my locker. Smart, um, that's a good but, idea. But there's a thing about smart. Hey, you never know. There's a thing about uh, the Vikings when you think about where they are in Kevin O'Connell. Uh, you go back to Kirk Cousins, who he's had as a head coach. Nobody ever really trusted him. That's where the You Like Me came from that, or You Like That came from. Uh, Pierre Garçon was on my show yesterday, and he talked about that too. Like, Kirk, when he did that moment, that was a, like, F-U moment, but that's Kirk's way of doing it. He's never going to curse anybody out. And then fast forward to Kirk Cousins going off about somebody missing a route. Normally, Mike Zimmer would have stood on the sideline, dealt with the defense. Kirk would have had to figure it out for himself. Well, Kevin O'Connell comes over, sits down Kirk, grabs that tablet, says, hey, look, we're going to get this together. You know, fast forward to the uh, Arizona game, sixteen or 17 to 14. Kirk throws a 50-50 ball to Justin Jefferson and makes a catch. So that's just Kirk having a coach teaching him to trust the receivers, teach, trust the process. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. And, and I think that's the key. He has a coach that trusts him. I mean, Kirk Cousins years ago would have never put on diamond chains on a plane with his, with his teammates. <laughs> and now he's doing it for social media. He doesn't care what the people think. You know, he's got the T-shirt tucked into the sweatpants, full dad mode. But, hey, if a player, if one of his teammates wants him to have fun, he's going to have fun. I think that's what we're seeing. How about Burke Cousins coming mm-hmm. into his own? Uh-huh. Little Kirko's doing his thing this year. Offensive-minded coach, somebody that seems to believe in him. Quasey now kind of took a shot at him first day of training camp. Happy they've got past that. Seems like the culture's <laughs> being built well. Pierre Garçon is an absolute dog. I was lucky to be his teammate. What up, Zoe? Darius Butler has a question for you, Ron. Hey, Ron, we had a uh, conversation before the season, I believe, about Kirk and kind of where he ranks amongst quarterbacks. And you've been around this yep. team for a while now, and obviously you guys are off to a hot start. But do you think Kirk can take this team to the promised land this year and uh, Kevin's first year as a head coach? Well, I said it out the gate. Uh, Shannon Sharp came over the top with a, with a Pat McAfee elbow across my head on Twitter. <laughs> I like that. And uh, tried to point out 10 quarterbacks he thought. Because I said, find 10 quarterbacks that you would take over Kirk Cousins right now. And this was the start of the season, not 6-1 not and one mm-hmm. before. He put Kyler Murray in there. I wouldn't do that right now. He put Russell Wilson in there. I wouldn't do that. And so I still believe what I said during training camp. Kirk Cousins, to me, uh, the, the thing about a quarterback that can take a guy to the, to the Super Bowl or to the you know, NFC Championship game is when it, gets, when it gets down to it, when the bullets are flying, you need a coach to get your quarterback going. And that's where I think the Vikings against the Eagles, you know, even though the Eagles beat the crap out of them, um, they, they, they struggled there. The quarterback, could, I mean, he, it's no way you drive down and you, you score the first touchdown and you never touch the end zone again. 
it's got to be something on the offense. And so when you look at that now, you have a guy like Kevin O'Connell that can keep Kirk ready to go. But I think Kirk can make all the throws. You look at the, the pre-snap ability now. Like I was, I was with the coach coaching back when uh, – I think, Pat, you might have been a rookie on the punt team. You might have been a rookie punter that year, like 2009, 2010. Yeah. Uh, but I came in during the uh, training camp and a little bit of uh, early in the season. Tom Moore had fake retired uh, him and Howard Mudd. And um, I remember what Peyton would do in those mornings. And so Kirk's doing that now. Kirk's understanding the offense now. He's understanding what can I do within the scheme. If the box count is favorable, I can just pop up and throw the ball to Justin Jefferson if I want to. I can run a quick slant. Like, he didn't have that ability before. We asked uh, Gary Kubiak that. I was like, hey, can Kirk do what Peyton did? And he's like, no, I'm never going to let him call his own plays. Well, now you have a guy calling his own plays. And I think that's the big difference. Kirk is smart as hell. Like, you can't tell me a guy that went to Michigan State, even right. though Michigan State's not a smart school, oh, yeah. went to yeah, Michigan yeah. State school. and and, and just, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, a dumbass school, yeah, isn't it? so hey, stupid. time, though. Like, Great time there. A dude in a tunnel. Like, that's not smart. Hey, Ron, that was going to happen, though. Hey, Ron, you play football. You've been around football you know, for, that guy runs up in the middle of their thing. Oh, by the way, I mean, that was, don't condone it. I don't condone it. I don't condone it. Let's not fight. Let's not do that. What the fuck was going to happen, though? That, you know what I mean? Honestly, and that's Yeah, it. that was a stupid move. Like, just wait. Let, let Michigan State get to the locker room and, and put Band-Aids on their wounds. He should have stayed out. The best football thing. The most. And- hey, Ron, the best football thing that Michigan State has done this year, I will say, yeah. is that they proved that they are a team. Mm-hmm. And. They said this guy cannot just fuck yeah. swing his dick all over us <laughs> after beating us in there. And if, I would argue that you, you should never fight anybody. Do not do that. What else was going to happen, though, with that tunnel? With how long it was just Michigan State? At some point, there was going to be a... You know <laughs> what I mean? At some point, there was going to be a batch. You know what I mean? Because he's running by, like, layers of them. It's, like, probably got, like, the bigger guys a little slower to the tunnel here. Mm-hmm. Then he got, like, groups, and it was a long... At some point, he was going to make it to a group that was not going to be about the shit. That was just, yeah, exactly. I mean, I just not good. He has to mess around, and, and he found out. He, he, yeah. he, <laughs> around, yeah. he found yeah. out that like. fucking crap. <laughs> uh, back to your point, though. Kirk seems to be dominant, and also he's got legs. You saw him get the edge yeah. this past week. This is the best Kirk Cousins has ever been. And do you think Vikings fans are saying, "Hey, we want Kirk for the next ten years now"? At this point, and was it ever like that before? I don't know if it was ever like that before. I don't know if it's 10 years. I mean, the kid is 34. or Yeah, I think he's 34. So, I mean, honestly, though, if it's four years, you, you get him to at least 38, he's a really, you know, he's not a guy that's going to be in the streets. Like, I remember when Reggie Wayne got, got married, and I, uh, I can't remember where. I think it might have been Howard Mudd that said, man, the, the streets of Indianapolis are safer now because Reggie can't go out at night. Hey, that coach's meeting room, man, we used to have some fun in there. I'm not Tom gonna Moore. Tom Moore was another man that was out and about. Me and Tom Moore were the only white people at a couple different places <laughs> yeah. that I have uh, seen him at. So you can go. But when in. you look at Kirk Cousins, he's not out late. He's getting his sleep. You know, he he has he he eats well at home. He's 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 partnered up with Adam Thielen now and he's doing the ETS workout stuff. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that's going to take care of his body. So, But he has to understand, TJ wants money. Hawkinson came here for money. Maybe he'll get it here. Justin Jefferson wants $200 million. We know he deserves yeah, it. That's awesome. Uh, you got to figure out Dalvin Cook's contract. You're going to have to re-sign Christian Darrisaw, your left tackle, because I think mm-hmm. he's the future. So Kirk can't expect to make $35 million up until he's age 40. Like, he's got to talk to Tom Brady and say, hey, 
What did that eighteen million dollar signing bonus look like, and then one million for the year? Like, how did that do for you? I think it did pretty well, and Kirk so that's that. where Kirk's got to start doing some stuff like that to not hurt the salary cap in those, you know, maybe that this Mr. next Mark couple of championship years. Kirk is a businessman. Yeah, we yeah. do know that. <laughs> Last question here for you, Ron. We appreciate your time. Go ahead, Tone. Ron, a lot of talk around the Vikings is the offense. I love the helmet, by the way, man. I love the helmet. Thank whoa, you. Whoa, 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 Dry no logos, Ron. No Jesus. logos, Ron. That's on me. That's my bad. A lot of talk's been around the offense. Um, <laughs> is the defense half a logo? And a lot of a lot of team with uh, with Zimmer was around defense. Like, are they Harrison Smith? Obviously, uh, Darius Smith. Like, I think he's leading the league in sacks. Is the defense good enough to go get a Super Bowl? Yeah. So this is the thing about the defense. We said they had to be a top fifteen defense at best. Um, they can be eighteenth somewhere in there because this offense is going to do just enough. And, and that's what you're seeing. These games before, the, Car- the Cardinals game last year uh, where the Cardinals football team, because I don't know, am I supposed to say, I don't know what to call them now. We you can do whatever it, you got to do. Um, so okay. if you look at the Arizona, the Jeez, Arizona football team. You. Look what you're uh, doing. You think about the Arizona football team. Last year, they beat the Vikings on a close game. <laughs> you know, you look at the Bengals uh, or the Cincinnati football team. Love the drawing, by there the way. Is. Saw those. Those were some awesome drawings. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We felt good about it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> my, my eight-year-old daughter said she could do better, but she said, But when you look at those teams, those games were lost in close games. Those same close games this year, Kirk Cousins and, and Kevin O'Connell, they're finding ways to win. The last two minutes and 30 seconds – in halves last year and at the end of games, the defense for the Vikings was not doing well. I don't know what was going on. Now they're fine. They're getting off the field, and they're putting the offense back on the field. Kirk Cousins at one point, I think, had like a 156 pass rating in the last two minutes and 30 seconds of every game up to like week five or six. So they are doing just enough to win. So, yes, I think that defense with Harrison Smith, you look at Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter hasn't even figured out the 3-4 defense yet. Like go, coming from his hand in the ground to standing up, that's a big difference. Like it, It's not as easy as yeah. people think. And so when he figures it out, how to get low like Zadarius Smith has been doing, because he's a 3-4 linebacker, he's going to have to teach Daniil a little bit more. This defense can get even scarier, or they just make it a hybrid and say, look, you know what, screw it. I know you're the outside linebacker. Put your damn hand in the ground, because that's what you're comfortable doing. Let's get after this quarterback. And, and I think that's going to be the way. When you see Brian Osamoa, a uh, kid out of Oklahoma, really fast, when it's time to start spying a guy like Josh Allen, they're going to probably bring him in the game a little bit more. Cam Bynum at safety, played corner his entire life at Cal. He's playing safety, so now you don't have to go nickel or dime just to cover a tight end. You have a guy in Cam Bynum who's begging. Like he, he told me, he said, I want to be to the wide side because I know I can then cover somebody in man. And he played corner at Cal his whole life. So, I mean, there's a lot of flexibility with this defense. And that's what people were wondering about Lewis Seen. You know, I saw him uh, the last game. He's walking around just fine after, you know, that gruesome leg injury. But oh, people yeah. wonder why he wasn't on the field. He wasn't on the field because Cam Bynum earned that spot. And I think that's the big key. Okay. Ron, that was amazing. We appreciate you for joining us. Hopefully we'll get to chat with you again soon. Keep crushing it. Oh, in yeah, the, let's do it. Man. In the he, path. You got my number now. So anytime, <laughs> as long as it's not late because I'm asleep, but anytime oh, I got yeah. you guys. Hell yeah. We appreciate you. Ladies appreciate and gentlemen, Ron Johnson. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you for that, D-Bud. Yeah, he There's gets a lot. I feel like we just learned a lot. Cam Bynum's a guy. Mm-hmm. This is what it just sounded like. And uh, when he was talking about Daniil Hunter uh, having to go from handling dirt to being up, I watched Robert Mathis do that. Mm-hmm. Robert Mathis had to do that towards the end of his career. And him and Freeney both. Yeah, Freeney was yeah. getting paid, I think, $17 million a year in the last year he was here. 
and they wanted him to move from hand in the dirt to in the middle or whatever, and then he got put on like a pitch count, only coming in third downs. The way he handled that, I think, now granted, he's getting paid a lot of money, and that's what everybody will say, but he was like the consummate professional in the locker room, incredible dude, but he wasn't able, it wasn't as easy for him just to pick up and become, Robert Mathis was able to figure it out, and he fucking... It took his game to like another level almost towards the end of his career. So yeah, it's, it's tough to do though, like you yeah. said. It's I mean, completely different position. You four three DN, like you're doing the same thing damn near every play, every coverage. At three four, you got Rob Mathis. He has responsibility. Rob, yeah, he got flat. a curl. Yeah, a curl <laughs> flat. Like it, it, it's a completely different different ball game for those guys that's just coming off the edge, snap in and snap out. But it does happen. It does oh, yeah. happen. And guys have been successful in the yep. past, so let's assume that he will be successful in the past, uh, or he'll be successful in it. And if he is, the fucking Vikings, what a fun team to watch. And Ron Johnson, incredible guy to talk to. Hopefully we continue mm-hmm. to do that. Speaking of continuing to do that, let's continue to feel the beat. <laughs> What happened? Uh, his phone number says it doesn't have a FaceTime connected to it. It just has like the the phone logo. So it's called the Vampire. Didn't we get him before? Right? Yeah, we definitely. Yeah, we've had him before. before. Unless he changed his number. Is he one of those? New phone? Who dis? Yeah. We ran over like four minutes. I actually felt bad. That's why I was like, oh, we got to get to him. And then as the thing, feel the beat starts. He goes, nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. All right, Lombardi. Ron Johnson was awesome. He yeah, was. the man. Should have him on again. Thank you, Ron. I'm yeah. thankful that he looked awkward in his video, too, because he didn't want to show the logo. Good man. Thanks for that. Gets it. Mm-hmm. Honorable. I've gotten a lot of messages from a lot of people from a lot of different networks, a lot of different teams, organizations. Oh, yeah. Say, what the fuck's going on with the NFL? You tell me. Mm-hmm. Hey, why don't you? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? Why don't you find the lawyer fuck over there that yeah. decided to do this? You know what I mean, AJ? How is this how you have do you got- it? Have you got any answers? Have you done anything? You talked to anybody? No. I mean, I reached out. I have not gotten an answer. Our lawyer. Raj right. hasn't. I figured you have like a sit down with Raj. I. Good I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. Open to it. That should definitely happen. Four and a half million. I don't think that's going to happen. Good New York. <laughs> There's a lot of people yeah. that pay a lot of money to the NFL. Yeah. We are very me, small fry in this entire larger fry thing. Yeah. I probably have to add a couple zeros to that if you want to get Raj to come down. <laughs> well. Yeah. I'm dealing with the lowest yeah. management yeah. right down here. Raj up here. Yeah. Then there's somebody probably pretty important. Then there's another level probably pretty important. Mm-hmm. Then there's another level probably we're starting to fade out of sure. importance. Yep. Yeah. Starting to fade out here. Then uh, just titles. Yeah. Trying to get up here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just kind of passing time. Definitely certainly in charge of things. Shouldn't be. Probably didn't earn it. But they're just waiting to get up here mm-hmm. a little bit. We're dealing, I think, with this one down yeah. here. Send henchman number eight after down right. here. Right doing. below interns. The, right there at the who gives a fuck title section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably don't even know the guy's name. You know, there's a C suites that happened with the chiefs of a company mm-hmm. and then the owners and founders and everything like that. We're at the who gives a fuck level. Yeah. yeah. Friends yeah. of a friend who has a job because their friends know somebody a favor. Yeah. But which friend are they doing the favor for whenever they're attacking us for about fucking logos on yeah. a graphic? That's interesting. When you have. Footage rights, you know? That's the thing. Who, why, how? What? Will money. we ever get those answers? Probably not. It certainly revolves around money. I guess we'll have to give more. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You think that's what it is? 
I have no idea. Yeah. I honestly have no, I have no clue. I have been dumbfounded by this still since, from everything I was told about how the NFL feels about our particular program and operation, to us doing the deal, partnering with the NFL yeah. for a piece and doing everything, getting the rights, doing everything like that. I own the show outright, so it's not like I'm owned by any network, any sport. FanDuel does not own the show. Nobody. I own the show outright. I thought they had we had good relations to yeah. get. Like I right. thought we had pretty solid business relations, and then all of a sudden that gets dropped out on a Monday going into Week Nine. It's like the fuck's your problem? Yeah. And then like just thinking about it every single moment that it's since it's passed. Like why would that? Why would this makes no sense uh, at all to do it? it I it doesn't help them. It absolutely cannot help the NFL. That graphic we had to use from Monday evening football, <laughs> they think that's the right – like, what do you do? What, how, is that even, how is that even a good thing for the league? How is that good for the PAFL? Let alone – hey, <laughs> shout out to Corn Doggy LOL, by the way. Corn Doggy LOL, Reddit legend, uh, Twitter legend, send us an email – uh, to Phil, send an email to Phil. Said, "Hey, you can use any of our logos while you any of my logos. I made them as a joke, but anything you need." So we appreciate Corn Doggy, LOL. Thank, Thank you, Corn Doggy, LOL. Incredible talent here. Yeah, you got the Philadelphia Birds taking on the Houston uh, Cows. Yep. yep. Yeah. And that's happening on Thursday. And I can't wait for that. Let's continue one last time though to feel the beat. Uh, that was incredible. I'm happy we did that. I was getting confirmation in my ear. Yes, he has joined us. The eagle, not the Philadelphia ones, the eagle, in this case, a metaphor for the person we're about to talk to, has landed. Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us, a man who covers the Niners in an epic fashion with The Athletic. He used to work for ESPN. He is a Stanford grad. Here we go. Big brain. You can find him on Twitter at Lombardi himself. Ladies and gentlemen, David Lombardi. Yeah! Yeah! What's going on? The portrait mode just sliced off the left side of your face, I think. <laughs> I yeah. see myself there. Sliced your ear off. Yeah, it's a little blurry, though, the whole left side of your face. Oh. You kind of look like the guy it's... from uh, uh, Batman uh, did the... Uh, Two-Face. Two yeah, yeah. Harvey Dent. Like, yeah. Right. It's off. the first time I've done uh, FaceTime on my laptop, oh. and it portrait moded me. No, you look good. You look thing. There at the beginning, though, just one, like a third of your face was blurry, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I hope everything's okay. Turns out it was technology. Yep. Lombardi's okay. Yeah. Lombardi's okay. Right. That's good news. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers seem to be all in in this particular season. Could you have sensed that? Did you expect that? And what a road this season has been from. Trey Lance is our starter. Jimmy G's working out on another field. We're keeping Jimmy G. We're trading in for Christian McCaffrey. We're going all in. What a road it's been. And is it continuing upwards, you think, behind the scenes? Well, it just reminds me of one of the first times we talked during training camp that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan really, really believe in this roster. And they made that Jimmy Garoppolo move when Trey Lance was still healthy to insulate the roster just in case something did happen to Trey Lance. It did. But I think what we've seen so far from the 49ers is a team that was led by their defense there the first few weeks. Then the defense got really banged up, and now the offense has grabbed the torch. And obviously adding Christian McCaffrey helps the offense and anybody you talk to. So for me, after the game on Sunday, it was Trent Williams, who obviously has been around Kyle Shanahan. He's been around the league a lot. And the first thing he said was, I asked him about the offensive performance. He, he made sure that he hammered home complimentary football. He thinks that, and the 49ers think, that they are strong on 
all three phases of the game, especially Wish defensively. Nice. But now with offense, with Christian McCaffrey coming in, they think they have that formula to go a long way. So putting it all in for Christian McCaffrey makes a lot of sense based on the belief they have in their roster. All right, AJ? I guess what are the uh, the possibilities of that offense? It feels like with Kyle Shanahan's brain and what he does, you get Debo in there, Christian McCaffrey, obviously Kittle, all their other weapons. Like I would imagine people's expectations of the Niners has always been high over the last couple of years. But now I would imagine like people think, hey, we need to win the Super Bowl this year. You know, if there was one question I had about this 49ers offense going into the season, regardless of who was going to be the quarterback, it was the pass protection because they were breaking in three new interior offensive linemen. And with Christian McCaffrey, I think he is pass protection and not because he passed blocks, but because he's such a good outlet man for Christian uh, for, for Jimmy Garoppolo. You already saw that against the Rams. He had those eight catches, but that touchdown that they ran to the back pylon. He was the fifth read on the play. He was just, you know, he was out in the flat, and he improvised. That was an ad-lib play play from Christian McCaffrey. He knew where Jimmy Garoppolo might want to go with the football. He read the field like a quarterback, and he got there. And just before Leonard Floyd could get Jimmy Garoppolo, he was able to release that for a touchdown that I don't think the 49ers score in weeks before this. So I think that McCaffrey raises the ceiling of this offense considerably because he shields it from its biggest weakness, which is which is sacks, which is quarterback pressure, right? Because he's always going to be that outlet, and he could turn an outlet pass into a big play. They needed those hot reads against Kansas City. They weren't built into those plays. They're going to be built into every play now with, with Christian McCaffrey being an option. We're talking to David Lombardi, at Lombardi himself, who covers the San Francisco 49ers for The Athletic. Uh, A.J. Hawk is the concussion dealer. Christian McCaffrey <laughs> is pass protection. Mm-hmm. My thoughts, is Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel interchangeable, or yeah. how do you see the ball being spread to Debo, Christian, Kittle, Ayuk? I mean, Ayuk, they, yeah. they have a lot of weapons now. Is everybody going to – is it going to be like the Chiefs where, like, one person goes each week that they think? Like, what is your feel – on what the team's going to look like going forward. Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be kind of a rotating cast of who has a big game because you go to you know what the defense dictates. So obviously Christian McCaffrey had those eight catches against the Rams, but let's not forget that Brandon Ayuk was the leading receiver. And this is the first stretch of Ayuk's career where Hell he's yeah. had at least 80 yards in three straight weeks. So consistency has been one thing that the 49ers have been looking for from him. It's his third year now. He's quietly delivering that consistency, and they didn't have Debo Samuel against the Rams. And I think, you know, you have these complementary skill sets on offense too. Debo's just going to straight run people over. Christian McCaffrey is a little bit more elusive, right? He's got some physicality to him too, but he's nowhere near as big as Debo. Too much and, you know, Brandon Ayuk is kind of a combination of uh, he has, he's got, I mean, he's wider now than he ever was, but uh, he, he, still a little bit more of the elusiveness for him while George Kittle's another bulldozer. So you have different varying yeah. ways of breaking tackles and generating yards after the catch to where Kyle Shanahan can mix and match all these together. And it's Jimmy Garoppolo's job to play point guard to make sure that everybody does get the football and to make sure that the right matchups are, are capitalized on. Hey, make sure you don't piss anybody off, Jimmy G. Yeah. Don't do that. Everybody needs the ball. Mm-hmm. Darius, your question. His birthday today, by the way. Oh, oh happy birthday, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy G. G. Happy birthday. 
He got a good birthday present there with Christian McCaffrey. They were mm-hmm. oh, a little early. It's funny. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo always talks about Christian McCaffrey sees the field like a quarterback, and Christian McCaffrey's already saying, "I love the way that Jimmy sees the field." You could tell that they they have that instant rapport, kind of like Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo had with Sanders a couple of years ago. Daniel Sanders, when he first came in, that really helped the 49ers in 2019. Yeah, you're talking about that flat turn up. It seems to be incredible chemistry. Just two guys playing football on field together. That's yeah. all they are. Very oh, quickly, yeah. they have another. Bi- they have a bye week, so it's another. Yeah, they got another yeah. a lot of time to kind of Christian McCaffrey get baptized into that offensive uh, uh, playbook. Excited to see what they do. Darius, your question for David Lombardi. I'll go to the other side of the ball over D'Amico Ryan's defense. Um, lost Emmanuel Mosley a few weeks ago with the uh, ACL injury, who's having a great year. Um, any update on Jason Verrett, his return uh, to that uh, defensive lineup? So they activated Jason Verrett from PUP. He's on the active roster, and I think they're going to try to get him out there on November 13th. The next game is Sunday Night Football against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. And Ooh. You're absolutely right about Emmanuel Mosley. He was I can't say quietly playing great football. I thought it was pretty loud. He had that pick six against Baker Mayfield. That was such an important part of their defense. Charvarius Ward's been great on the other side, but if they can pair Ward with Verrett, who, you know, last time we saw him was playing really, really high level football, uh, th- this defense can get back to being one of the top units in the league. They've, you know, they, they fell off there against the Chiefs yeah. in, in the first half against the Rams, but Verrett might be back on November 13th. Connor, your question. Last one for Lombardi himself, David Lombardi. Lombardi, do you think that the Niners are done adding pieces, or do you think there is a chance that Odell is actually on Ooh. their radar and they might make a move to get him? And after, Did uh, we start that shit, yes? Did yeah. we start that? Because there was a conversation in the article where the person asked Shanahan about it. Uh, they referenced the conversation with uh, Robert Schefter. Robert. Schefter. Schefter, yeah. Yeah, when we were talking to Schefter. Because it just makes sense if Odell is just scouting, which we all said he was doing earlier mm-hmm. in the year, right? He's mm-hmm. just scouting, scouting, mm-hmm. scouting. The Niners right now seem to be an arrow <whistles> up to, yeah, I think this way on the screen. They're doing that right mm-hmm. now. That'd be a team for him to go to. Is that something you think is possible? Great question, Connor. Uh, you know, he so he's a free agent, so if, if they have injury issues, there's no deadline is what I'm saying. If they have some more injury issues, then maybe. I don't see it in their current state, though. I, right now, we talk about how loaded they are, and uh, they have plenty of pieces to be a high-octane offense right now. So, uh, you know, injuries can happen. This was their first game and since I started covering the team and they didn't report any injuries afterwards. But... Wow. You know how it is. So uh, I would never say never, but as it stands right now, I think that they're that they're set with what they have on offense. That's awesome. I had a teammate who didn't know he had a concussion on a Sunday till Friday. So let's keep our eyes peeled for yeah. that over there in San Francisco. Yeah. His locker was right next to mine. You probably know who it is. Can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, you do great work with The Athletic and on the Internet, and especially when you join us. Ladies and gentlemen, David Lombardi. Yeah. Welcome back to the Pat McAfee Show on Winner's Wednesday. Hell yeah. My earbuds aren't fitting in my ears, but earlier today we talked a little college football. Did we? Yeah, we did. You know, first college football playoff, you know, rankings were released. I know AJ's livid that uh, Ohio State wasn't number one, but that top ten talk was presented by Twisted T. And with Twisted T, everyone knows we have Tone's Twisted top ten T. Why? And till Friday usually is when we do the giveaways for that. That we're going to start today. You have that thing upside down. Right? I don't know how to put it yeah. in. When it seems I, I to be a focus on it. It, it seems- is. It's back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. Just but uh, Twisted Tea is a super refreshing hard iced tea. Hell yeah. It tastes like real iced tea because guess what? It's made with real brewed 
iced tea. Wow. wow. But, hold on, guys. It's got a kick. That's right. 5% ABV. Why? Perfect when you want to get a little twisty. Hell yeah. Tune in Friday for Tone's Twisted Top 10, but enter right now with hashtag PMS Twisted TCFB to guess what two teams are going to be a little twisted on Tone's Twisted T Top 10 on Friday. Zena said in the comments they should be saying that you look like Ian Rappaport from Super From the Super Bowl. Ah, <laughs> That's yeah. funny. And he yeah. was going like this. Doing a full lean. So this is what I think we're going to do with Twisted T, and we appreciate Twisted T. Right now, if you use the hashtag PMS Twisted T CFB, you put the two teams that are definitely different from the college football playoff rankings in the top 10 to Tone's top 10 on Friday. Which two teams, which two rankings does Tone not agree with? Put those two teams with the hashtag PMS Twisted T CFB and you could potentially be one of five winners of $500 from your friends at Twisted T. Not only the most delicious kicked tea drink. Oh, hell yeah. But good people who love college football and also enjoy uh, that we do giveaways and want to get involved. Shout out to Twisted Tea. We appreciate them. Once again, one Tennessee, two Ohio State, three Georgia, four Clemson, five Michigan, six Alabama, seven TCU, Oregon, USC, LSU. Round out the top ten. Which two rankings does Tony Diggs not agree with that he will put in uh, the show on Friday mm-hmm. and find out the right answer? Which two does he not agree with? Use the hashtag PMS Twisted Tea. CFB. Do you want to give an answer right now, AJ, what your thoughts are on what Tone's thinking? Uh, no. I do not want to give an answer right now. Okay. Don't just Don't give it away. Okay. Don't let anybody else win. Very you, professional. You want to win the $500, not everybody else. Did. Tone, there's yes. two teams you don't like. It's not a swap thing, though, right? I don't know. Oh. So is it more than two? <laughs> I, I, we Ooh. did talk about this beforehand. <laughs> Tone did tell me directly. It is two teams that you mm-hmm. don't agree with. Correct. Are they swapped ranking? They're not swapped ranking. Do you, do you want me to give that away? It's a pretty big giveaway. Okay, it is two teams, though. That I, There's two teams that I think are in the wrong place. Okay. 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 okay, so we will find out the answer on Friday. Once again, enter which two teams does Tone not agree with. You could be one of five winners of $500 from our friends at Twisted Tea, which use actual tea. Yeah. But with a little kick. Hell yeah. 5% ABV. You drinking Three. Twisted Teas? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? I tweet game every time before I go out. Oh, really? You're a good tweet mate. I love tweets. Nothing like a good twee at the end of the day. Oh, shout out to Twisted T, and also shout out to you for watching this show. That is terrible, but I hope you do enter to potentially be one of five winners of $500 on the Twitter, which I hope is around forever. Yeah, absolutely. We all do. Ain't you right, AJ? No matter what. Yeah, he's not shutting it down. Well, well make a lot of changes. Will people leave? People, a lot of people say, if this person becomes president, I'm leaving town. They never do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, if this person does this, we're going to leave. I don't think Twitter is capable of ending because of how important it is to basically the social media you know, ecosystem. Right. It is a very important, Twitter is a very important spot. I don't think it's going anywhere. But you got a lot of people complaining. $8 for verification? Yeah. Come on, dude. So is everybody going to leave Twitter? We hope not. Yeah, but since yeah, I'm sure they will. Everyone's leaving. That's what everybody says, dude. No, is everybody lying? And should we never take those people serious ever again? Like, is that something we should think about too? Perhaps. Does that happen? I don't know if we should dive into that whole world. I wonder what Neil Young's thinking. Well, he's back on Spotify. Okay, so his music is back. Yeah. Please put my music back on Spotify. Yeah. Okay. I ain't paying everybody fucking eight dollars. <laughs> I ain't paying. I understand. I understand. I appreciate everybody that's saving the world. I fucking love it. 
But I feel like it's going to be a long, miserable life if you're going to try to do that with every human you don't agree with. Mm. Just my thoughts. I'm a stooge, sports stooge, and we just try to move forward. Hopefully you will enter to win $500 on Twitter. Now, it is time to get smarter, get better, and learn more about NFL football than we could have ever imagined learning before. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Everything DB with Darius Butler. Let's go. Mike Good. Yeah, Mike, yeah, yeah. I'm great. Hey, we learned great. You, you can't get too close to the board. To the screen. All yeah. right. Let's get Design it. flaw. Sure. You can say that. Worth it. Yeah. yeah. Worth it. Good. Worth it. Here we go. Let's get started, Hefty man. Uh, too. Some big plays that house is from, uh, from week eight. Everybody remembers this place. It's a wild game, wild ending. Mm-hmm. Panthers, Falcons, PJ Walker with probably the throw of the year. Uh, Should have won this game. But we're going to watch the Falcons on defense, some things they did wrong here. Middle linebacker here, he's kind of the middle run through. He only got a three-man rush. She got eight guys dropping back in coverage. But focus on this safety right here because you're going to have DJ Moore get down the field and just play it real quick and just watch him. That's the big mistake in this play is pause it. As the uh, deep half defender, you should be deep. As the deepest, at least he got he got influenced by this outbreaking route, which is this uh, underneath flat defender's responsibility. And he lets DJ Moore run right past him with 23 seconds left in the game when <laughs> his ball was less than 23 seconds. Actually, I think the clock was running Jeez. when this ball was snapped. You see, everybody kind of slows down and nobody expects P.J. Walker to break and make this type of throw. He's throwing this ball from the minus 35 and watch where this thing lands, man. Obviously, great job by DJ Moore not giving up on the play. A dot in, oh. in the middle of the end zone. They are sick at this point. Obviously, they think they're about to lose the game. DJ takes off the helmet. and it's a questionable penalty penalty to some. But, you know, everybody got to make the, the kick. Everybody knows you got to make the kick. What was it, 43, 48 yards? 48 yards. Yeah. Got to make it to win it, though. Yeah. To, win it, to win it, you, you got to make it. That's kick. what you get paid to do. You You're saying he threw this from the 35? 35. This is a 69-yard ball. Yeah. To his left. So kind of similar to that ball that uh, Kyler threw a few years ago to D-Hop. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to, throw, to make this throw, like this isn't a throw you see. I think Patrick Mahomes came out and said, hey, easily to throw of the year yeah. already. So, uh, shout out to P.J. Walker. Man. I, believe, I believe I saw a stat that said it was the longest air yardage touchdown in, uh, I can't remember the year. So, how many, how many long, yards? Long, long so, long this is 65 to the end zone, right? So, 35 to the end zone, 65-yard line. The reason why I know that is because anytime you take a punt snap, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the little side thing. Where is our exact uh, ball being snapped from? If I kick it to the end zone, how fucking far is this thing going to mm-hmm. go? That's the only number you're taking in. So, that's easy math. 65 to the end zone. Then it's what? That's another four yards into the <laughs> yeah. end zone? Jeez, yeah. Probably five. I'll say five. Okay. So, this comes from Next Gen Stats. P.J. Walker's Hail Mary touchdown pass to D.J. Moore traveled 67.6 yards in the air. The longest I think that's bullshit. I the think longest, it's longer. Longest completion by air distance in the next-gen stats era, which has been since 2016. I mean, if you let that ball hit, I mean, that's what, at least four yards, right? He's catching yeah, that he over the right shoulder. There. Unbelievable That's coming throw. down this way. Yeah, probably hitting the A. I mean, I wish we would have calibrated this. I didn't know we were going to even get in this discussion, so it's nobody's fault but my own. But you start looking into the thing. Where is halfway back in the end zone? The Atlanta? Yeah. yeah. That's five yards, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. Lands all, yeah. They don't give him 70, man. Yeah, get, yeah fucking 70 yeah. yards this dude just on, threw on the, the ball. dot, too. Yeah. And this is for the – Rolling out to his up. left. Rolling yeah. out, out to his, his left, too, which is so hard to do. So flipped his hips, was able to step into it a little bit, but it's not like he was running forward. <laughs> like, this wow. is a – this is a this is an unbelievable throw. Uh, great catch as well. But running back one more time just to play it through as this deep half safety 
Deep is the deepest. Anything underneath is fine. Let him catch it. Tackle him in bounds. Keep the clock running. You can't get influenced by this outbreaking route and let DJ Moore, of all receivers on this team, uh, run by you. Who do you think people were blaming on the internet for this particular fuck up and who this is? This is definitely not that person, or do you think blame was properly, properly placed? It, I, I, I didn't watch. I didn't listen to. Uh, this. Was, I had the Sunday ticket on, so I don't think I had the audio on, but it's 1,000% on him. And this is a middle-of-the-field linebacker right here playing the deep middle. So maybe it's been situations where I've been on teams where, and I think this clock was running here, but if they had a timeout, this is where you put a Randy Moss, a Kobe Fleener, or Rob Gronkowski back well. there, one of those type players, if you know this type of player is coming. But this wasn't necessarily a victory situation, I don't think. Still time on the clock. But um, you can't let that happen as a defense. Didn't we, um, didn't we, um, didn't we against Atlanta? We yep. had Kobe Fleener, yeah. I think. Yeah, Fleener. Fleener Kobe. In that building. We had yep. Kobe Fleener go out on the field. We had a DB coach on the numbers. On the head, while ball's being snapped, DB coach being pulled off the field. <laughs> almost got a penalty. Jesus. Almost got a fight. He was like in there because Kobe, this is you practice it on Saturday, yep. the deep ball, yep. where you get the tight end back there, you get a big wide receiver who's going to help bat the ball down or whatever on a Hail Mary situation. And this is the first time we'd ever used it, mm-hmm. I think. So this DB coach, I don't want to say his name because it's the first time I'd mention his name on the show, and it shouldn't be just. Sure. Hey, big dumb dipshit move. Yeah, but right. it kind of was. I mean, he was on the numbers telling Kobe where to go or whatever. Ball's <laughs> being snapped. He's fucking getting dragged. Like, they're yeah. actually, like, dragging this man who's, like, probably 55, 60 years old backwards off the field. Panicking. Ball, pan, full <laughs> ball. Oh, shit. Ball lands seven yards short, I think. Doesn't yep. make it to the end zone. Matt Ryan, 15-yarder, though. Obviously. That's a big, that's this big, that's a <laughs> It was Matt Ryan, but it was stress, stressful situation I think for you coaches. Told the story actually about that pass. Yeah. That was actually when I thought the first myself, read. Hey, and the thing about these Hail Mary plays, we go through them on Saturdays in a mock game, but we never really do this live in practice. I probably seen it one time live in practice, and that was um, probably this last this last preseason camp. So um, big well, time, big time play right here. Why don't they have another DB? And back there instead of putting a linebacker back there. I, I don't think this was a situation, um, if, if I'm correct, that they could substitute because usually you have a victory, um, like personnel grouping. Like, hey, yeah. this is a victory. We're going to seal the victory. These are the guys we're trotting out. But this, if you're a middle linebacker and in and, and cover two, that is your responsibility to run and take the deep middle route. He just lined up back there. Um, but, yeah, you, you ultimately want a guy with ball skills back there to knock this down or pick it off. AJ, why is the Mike linebacker fucking it all up? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. He, it's this ball man. is wide, too, it's for your middle reader strong. to be there. He's there, but you got to stay deeper the whole time. Like, oh. D-Bot, do you think this route for DJ, like, it looked like he slowed down. That's what kind of, he, like, hesitated a yeah. little bit at the top. Like, was he? Was this originally what he was supposed to do, you think? Man, I, I think so, because you, you got him. It's kind of like the outside flow. You got... The yeah. low out, you got the second, you got the first level out, you got the second level out, and then he's just kind of usually a runoff guy, right? But they're yeah. trying to hit one of those what other ones, throw. get a get you know get a closer shot to the end zone. Nobody's Jeez. expecting a seventy yard pass um, from PJ Walker in this situation. Okay, so, so you're saying you got to get, but you got to stay deep as the deepest though, as the deep half. That's clear out as that person's coming here and this yep. person's coming here, and they're yep. trying to get the ball to the fucking sideline, yep. stop the clock. Yep, exactly. I don't think they had any timeouts. Um, so he's obviously playing this high to low, so we'll give up that one. Even if he gets out of bounds, now they're on the 50, got a couple more snaps. Don't want to give this one up, but you damn sure can't give this one up. Right? DJ Moore, I don't think he thinks he's getting the ball at this point until he sees no. the ball right now. Like, oh, oh shit. shit. Let me go track it. 
and makes an unbelievable play. Obviously, he's juiced, he's, he's, juiced, he's amped, takes his helmet off, mm-hmm. and then the kicker misses. That yeah. field goal and another field goal. Yeah, you can't, you can't take the helmet off, obviously. It's mm-hmm. not make a habit out of it. But if you just so happen to be on a receiving end of a 70-yard fucking bomb uh, against a division opponent when everybody's saying your team's quitting and you get a little bit excited, Kicker's got to make the kick. Yep. But I wonder if DJ, as he's running, going, holy fuck, it's still, <laughs> still going. going. What a throw. You know, like, still go. Because as you're trying to judge, like, well, it can't be that much further. I- holy yeah, shit. Boy. <laughs> I would like to hear his thoughts on it. Incredible throw, PJ. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Hey, PJ. PJ's had success everywhere he's played. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. He'll be in the league for a long time. Uh, second play. Did we get the second one in? We did. Okay. Uh, so Miami Dolphins against Fox's Detroit Lions, I, and I could have made the whole reel about the Lions in uh, tones. Hell yeah, Steelers too. But um, being we'll, good, we'll, we'll see. We'll see two right here. Lions actually fired the DB coach after this game. Oh no, um, just Yikes. really, really bad communication. It's the third and six. Lions are up fourteen at this point. You got Tyreek Hill motion over. Okuda's motion over with them. So at this final formation, you're gonna have a three by one set, right? Tight ends backside, Kaseki, and then you got Waddle, Hill. And then Sherfield up here. So we got three receivers up here. And what the Lions do here is they actually double team both Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So it's third and six. We're going double double. All right. So uh, I believe this defender and that defender are going to double Waddle. <laughs> this defender and these two defenders will What's double so Hill. So what is so funny? Why are you so, like, so now you have four? No, because I'm saying you have four DBs on two receivers. So you would expect for at least these two guys to be taken out of the formation. But watch as this play develops. It's going to be a switch release fade, and it's still going to be a wide. Like, pause this right here. Like, if you oh, have no. two double teams, there's no way a guy can be that open, wow. especially a speed guy here. So, um, it's the Lions D, but though. I, I understand that, but this is, this is really, really bad ball. Third down, <laughs> money down. Obviously, Tua makes an accurate. Can you run ball, it from the beginning? But, like, what are we Why? doing here? So, uh, I think AJ. I'll let you ask, because I think you're asking the same thing as me, and I'll just be ready to highlight it. <laughs> Is he trying to disguise the double? What's he doing, DB? I think here he's, he's like, all right, I'm going to take away this crosser, right? Because that's, yeah. that's a, a really tough route, and they do a lot of that. But, so he's going to be outside leverage. I'm going to be inside leverage on this guy. And then the, well, you got Tyreek here. You got these two guys here. So I, I believe that's what he's doing, but, I mean, and I think he does a – so this guy if, can't so let him outside, right? At all. You got, that's what I was just about yeah. to say. You have to have very, very strong leverage on your outside hand from this guy, and then you got to be ready to help. Pause. So, like, oh, this guy, man. Tyreek Hill, he doesn't even have to really set a pick. It's kind of a natural pick almost, but he's running back from the beginning. You'll see Waddle's patient off the line, knowing, like, soon yep. as Tyreek clears out, I know I'm going to be in a good situation right see, now. That no DB's got to slide. He's got to slide outside leverage at the snap, doesn't he? He's got to be outside leverage. Pre-snap. Yep, out the snap. Especially with another with other bodies out here that can potentially yeah. pick you because you got to do it pre-snap. You want to at least be able to try to use your help. So this, I mean, this is bad, bad execution. Got a triple yeah. team. Horrible execution. Oh, he, he's no, okay. he took a step him. inside, but oh, look at you see like, Run it back, Pat. Like you should run you, it back. He was almost outside. Like you, you got to be. If you you got to be like a. You got to be lined up. Your left shoulder got to be the inside of that one. Like, you should be fully out here because you know you have a no. guy on the snap 
coming to help you inside out. So once he does this outside release, but it's bad ball. Like uh, Foxy said, it's yeah. the Lions. <laughs> the amount of third third and longs they converted was unbelievable. It had to be a record. Do you think firing the DB coach is that the same thing apply like with an interim guy coming in, or like does their secondary just fucking stink and doesn't? That seems like a terrible scheme, there, right? That's a bad plan. Is it's that a why? good idea? Oh, Horrible theory. execution, in right? Theory. Because all right, you're calling this in the, in the in the huddle. This play comes in. All right, we're going double double. You know, we're doubling seventeen, doubling ten. We know that. But now the players got to figure it out from the the play call to the alignment. Where are these guys aligned? You saw Tariq Hill. He lined up over here. Then he motioned across. So how are we going to double it? Is it going to be I'll be low, you be high? Are we going to be in and out? So now those four DBs got to be on the same page on how we're going to cover these two wide receivers. So like I said, you. Uh, as AJ pointed out, you got to get outside. You obviously he knows his help is in there, and then here I would try to get up in the press and be up underneath. But they actually do somewhat decent job of running back. Even with Tyreek Hill, he even beats the leverage of the guy that's inside. So, so you're you're inside of Tyreek Hill, right, Pope Paul? So he's Okuda's doing a decent job of staying outside leverage. <laughs> but if Tua lets this play, you know, develop and throws it to Hill, which he doesn't have to because Waddle's wide fucking open. Hill is going to cross his face, too. So it's, it's poor execution. Uh, I, like, let it play, yeah. So if Tyree Hill's still running, he's, he's going to outrun that. So it's, it's, it's bad. 33 also trips over the 20-yard line, too. Bad execution. Horrible. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't fucking getting there. So is this on? That's why the DB coach got fired, because it's like, hey, the technique is just so mm-hmm. poor. It's bad. It's horrible. Okay. Communication. He makes that call into the players, and then they got to figure it out, um, you know, from the huddle. You think the Lions will turn it around this year? Yeah, the Lions will get back. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Let's go. They're going to beat the Packers. Absolutely not. This Whoa. Is, this is How about them trading TJ Hawkinson? Mm-hmm. It's bad, man. Be- I, best receiver, well, second best receiving threat, but young player, you would think you want to build around him. Oh. It's tough, man. In yeah. the division. Then, yeah, I was about to say, and then in, in the division. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Vikings can do with uh, another weapon like that, though, on offense. Great yeah. running game, great receivers, and now you got one of the better young tight ends in the game right here. Lions, um, the worst team you've ever seen in your life, or? <laughs> Good question. How old are you? 36. They've been pretty yeah, shitty. They're not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're not as bad as the 0-16 team led by Dan Orschlovsky. Damn, Dan. Dan. You don't deserve wow. it. Dan. Well, yeah, but Dan's getting into baseball now. What? So he's, we did baseball in the last hour. Mm-hmm. Did you see Dan giving his fires to Smoltzy last night? No. What oh, happened? Man, What's going awesome. on? What are you talking about? He just showed me one of the coolest things I've ever seen on a baseball field in the history of my life. Dan Orlovsky did? Yeah, he did. What was that? Freaking What's unbelievable. That? So fucking cool, man. So what? I just love it. Grow the fudge up. I'm, I'm getting, I will. <laughs> like Zach Wilson. What did he do? <laughs> he's just fucking lying. Fudging. Sorry. He's yeah, fudging he's... lying. And well, <laughs> we didn't know that until he started mocking how these people speak. It's unbelievable. I thought we were on I thought I missed something with Dan. Oh, no, I no, love no. everything yeah, I Dan thought, does. He's not lying. I'm not I'm being serious. Yeah, Dan did have a video on Twitter about, you know, John Smoltz just being so fudging good at his job. Listen to this. Just listen to this. Wait on the breaking ball. <laughs> this is a guy who's prepared. This is so fudging cool. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Watch oh, the yeah. video. It's awesome. AJ, why are you saying no? What, what he's yeah. giving John That's, Smoltz, Smoltz he's giving John Smoltz props. What I I I I support Dane propping up another broadcast. So do we. Exactly. Not everybody on this stage feels that way, though. Isn't that right? I feel that way. I brought it up because I wanted to give Dan his fires for giving his fires to Smolty. You forced it in because you wanted to have this whole discussion. Foxy brought up Orlovsky. First thing that popped in my head, boom, making me remember how much I love baseball. 
I don't love baseball as much as I love everything, DB. And I like this Eagles team a lot, too. Hell yeah. Yeah. So. What was that all about? Jay, hey. <laughs> Dan Orlovsky. He's got to play college football with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, dear butt knows. Orlovsky's the fucking. Free see, fucking. James. Holy shoot. I am so sorry. <laughs> I did not mean to say that. The authority on. I, I like Dan. Dan, yeah. you know, we'll get to Dan. play it from a game he called this past weekend across the pond. But. Jalen Hurts, man. We he, love he, Dane. Yeah, he's, love him. <laughs> he's doing everything good this year. We love you, Dane. Uh, obviously, you, huge, huge day, him connecting to A.J. Brown and stay. I think this was the second of the three touchdowns they connected on. Pre-snap, uh, damn, I think, rewind it to the earliest point. All right, he might have cut this out. So before this, he read the pressure look, right, and then brought the tight end back to a protection set. Red, obviously, single high, so he knows he's going to have one-on-ones on the outside. We had a clip of him doing this. A few weeks back, I think it was against the Commanders. Jalen. Jalen Hurts. And from the pocket, obviously you're making a read. You, you check the protection against what is pressure. And then you know you got your guy one-on-one. Now, rewind this. Witherspoon does a terrible job, I believe, at the beginning. You gotta, if you're going to press, if you're going to line up in a press against a receiver, you can't make it routes on air. Like You have to disrupt that timing at some point. Because when they start off practice with pat and go, pregame, this is what they're doing. Let it play. They're dropping back. A.J. Brown's going to be in a spot, and Hurts is going to put it. Doesn't even get touched. In the nope. bucket. Doesn't touch him from the entire time. Running back again. We're going to look at Minka in the middle field safety, who you got two, you got one-on-ones on the outside, right? You got Devontae Smith. You got skinny Batman. You got swole Batman up here. He's obviously leaning to 11. At this point, you probably want to lean a little bit more, and maybe you get there. But this is a tough job on him because you allow this receiver to run that red line that's on every practice field. Hold that line. And then Jalen Hurts drops an absolute dot in the bucket, A.J. Brown. So, I mean, that, that's, that's – and if you play this from the back copy, What's if you remember it's, uh, the last time we saw Jalen Hurts do this, man. So he's been doing this all year. He's been consistent. Uh, Eagles have obviously done a great job protecting them up front, picking up this pressure look. And this is – I mean, this is you – can't, you can't run down there and hand it to him. Boop. Oh, so outside – Outside hands, this is exactly where the receiver wants the ball. Like, it's, like you can't throw a better ball than that. You got to lean over a little bit more. Minka was there, I believe, on the first one. He kind of caught it over uh, Fitzpatrick in the end zone. The last two were very similar to this one. So, A.J. Brown had a day, and Jalen Hurts is doing his thing this year. What's going on in Pittsburgh? I thought yeah. the defense was always the defense. They don't even get the hands on guys. Steel curtain. Well, I assume. They're not even getting a hand on the I guy. I assume he thought Jalen Hurts wouldn't be able to make that throw. Shouldn't. Not at this why. point. Not a good you know, watch the film. Let's watch the film. Watch the film. Let's get to the next. Let's fly through these. Let's fly through them. All right. C-Mac obviously had a huge day. Throwing touchdown, catching touchdown, rushing touchdown. Now defensively, run it back. Defensively, on defense, you have primary run defenders, and then you got secondary run defenders. And as secondary run defenders, unless your receiver is blocking you, if you're in a deep half, you never have run responsibility. You're in a deep third, same thing, unless your guy's, you know, attached or close to the core. He crack blocks or something like that, and then you have to crack the place. But when you're in these positions, we can highlight him. You don't have a run responsibility. And even though this is a pass, this is a lateral pass that is still behind the line of scrimmage, you can't react to that from back here. You'll see, let it play. So he reacts to this. The corner reacts as well, which the corner I don't think should be reacting either. I believe this is quarters. A receiver, this is almost like a D lineman when you run past the screen. A receiver is never going to run by you like this on the play <laughs> if with a guy in the backfield. So your antenna should go up. Your antennas obviously should go up. And it shouldn't even be a read for you because you know no one, once again, deep half defender, 
deep as the deepest. So great execution by the 49ers. Great throw by C-Mac, but defensively, you cannot have this. Can you guys tell from back uh, if that's a lateral or not a lateral? That's a tough thing because we have that suite now mm-hmm. at those games. It's really hard to see who's moving forward, who's moving back, how far they're moving it. Is that something you can tell or you, you just got to be really, disciplined? Not really, but that's why you got to read your keys. Once again, the receiver's never going to run by you, you know, when you're blocking. So something should go off. Something is, is abnormal that Ayuk is not going to as a corner. You see me reacting as like, oh, shit, I got a great reaction on this play. I'm going to go make a tackle on this guy that's supposed to stalk block me just lets me run right by. I mean, look at it. I mean, he's full sprint. Yeah. And then you can, for me, you know, body language. You know, we always look. You talked about it earlier with baseball. Like, we're always looking at body language. Let me rewind this. It's Christian McCaffrey. When Christian, when Christian McCaffrey catches the ball, he ain't like – this ain't how he runs with the ball. You know what I mean? So, once again, some, I feel like uh, Ramsey was kind of – he was in a great position, setting the edge on Kittle. He was going to make a play, but this corner should not be here, and obviously this safety should not be here. So, great execution by the 49ers, great throw, great play by IU, but defensively you absolutely cannot have that. Bad, bad eyes. In continuing with bad eyes, <laughs> Jalen Hurts oh, no. will have a play right here, fake screen. Uh, pause it. Uh, don't play it yet. Right now, this is man-to-man coverage, right? But for some reason, we have a safety on a receiver, and we got a corner on a tight end. So I don't know if these guys just got misaligned. Maybe it's a it's deep, God- Goddard. Deep, what's that? It's because Goddard's the better receiver. Mm, this is Zach Pascal, former uh, sure. former Colt. Yeah, he was Came really good Sirianni. for the Colts. Yeah, he was. And then we got Goddard out here. All he did was catch touchdowns. That's it. Remember, yeah. Chris Ballard said that. Yeah. Guy fucking got another one. Once yeah. again, we got single high out here. We're going to fake this screen right here to – Goddard, which is that's that's his play. It's my guy. He runs the screen. I go up and tackle it. You should have oh, nothing. No. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Nobody's oh, gonna die. Oh, 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 no. So, I now mean, that throw, I expect Jalen Hurts to make. He, he he didn't. You know, he didn't have to pump fake. He didn't have to do anything here. This is. Boley could have scored this. I don't know. This if is Pascal's touchdown. This is all Pascal does. He scored TDs, baby. That's literally what Chris Ballard said. Nobody talks about Pascal. All the fucking guy does is t- catch touchdowns. Said it on the show. Yeah. He really did. He did. Uh, Ballard, do you want to keep him around then, or <laughs> what do you? Any thoughts? We got we got pressure here. You got to have eye discipline, obviously there, and that's you know that's that's bad bad ball. So see a little, see a lot is what one of my coaches used to say. Just read your keys. That's your guy. That's the guy you line up in front of. If he's going to block you, beat the block and make a tackle. But you shouldn't be looking and seeing one and breaking on one running this route so we got no hands on a guy okay go route for aj brown the guy that you're spying so you guys have recognized is probably the bigger threat on the entire team post safety's leaning to his side so you've acknowledged that he is the guy that we're going to kind of look at as opposed to Devontae or anybody else no hands on him at all this one isn't this like an easy switch that happens like a lot of plays if a tight end goes outside no not on this one no why not because he's one you wouldn't switch it you're, you're not. You're locked. You, it's it's a man to man call. Oh, like, you mean pre snap, Pat? You yeah. Line up. I'm talking about oh, him. Okay. Move this way. Him move. This oh, you saying alignment wise? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, one, one, one that happens yeah. all the fucking time. If it's man to man, if they call man to man in the huddle, you find your guy. You find the receivers out of the huddle. You line up across from them. Same thing for safeties, linebackers, whoever your guard. You know, based on the call. Hey, if I'm a line, I got a running back on this call. Or I have a tight end on this call. If you go empty. Maybe it's something that switches up. But this should be a good alignment unless it's a call with man principles but zone alignments, which there are some of those. Usually you see them more in the red zone. But I think this is a man-to-man call. But you got a corner on the tight end. who's He's playing pretty tight, so he's not afraid of, obviously, him running by him. But this is your guy. 
I don't care what the call is, fire zone, man, deep third, this is your guy. This is number two vertical. So if he blocks you, you beat the block, you make a tackle, I think I you saw, don't give this up. I think I saw Stephon Gilmore and Shaq Leonard do this. 15 yards in front of me standing on uh, mm-hmm. Sunday. And that defense was out of sorts. But Our tight, defense, coach defense? Yeah. Uh-huh. There are some things that happened. I, I mean, there was a wide open. Did you get that? Uh, it could have been on here, I assume. There was a whole – it was like Shaq's first play. He ends up covering somebody. They come in the whole thing. But Shaq runs out. He literally switched. They switched the safety in the corner to switch, like, immediately before the ball is up. I'm going to take the wide mm-hmm. receiver. You're going to take the tight end. Like, I just, is this like – what the fuck's going on Pittsburgh? This is not a normal thing for Steelers uh, do not care. They will cover a slot receiver with a D lineman. They've done it for years. They never switch. It never happens for some reason. And they've been good, so I guess it shouldn't matter. Yeah. But I'm just saying, no hands, no switch. It's like they what, leave TJ Watt out there all the time on what? slot receivers, and it, it's been a problem for years. Cam Sutton covers tight ends quite a bit, but I, I mean, I'm who knows. <laughs> What the hell is going on? Over I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, saying it seems like it's not good. Like this seems like bad football. I think they were just, you know, they were just very aggressive. They wanted to get the ball, and you know. Bad play, though. Simple. Obviously. When did they want to get the ball? After right a kickoff? No, right there. After a touchdown? Right there. Come on, guys. <laughs> when did they want the ball? They thought, Goddard, they thought Goddard was getting the ball. Well, in the Steelers' defense, that's the thing. Like, oh, the yeah. Steelers' defense is the thing. You used to fall be. back on it. What's going on, AJ? Are they fucking dead over there, dude? I don't know. I mean, as Tone said, they thought Goddard was getting the ball. That's kind of how football goes. They're trying to show <laughs> you one thing and give you another. They're trying to get the ball. So this is the next play. This is how you're supposed to play this. So same oh, thing no. down here. Jeez. Oh, so they run, they run the same play. And now a lot of people say Pickens, this should have been a catch. This is a good, accurate ball. Great catch from him. But this is just re- it's simple. Responsibility. This is my guy. He's going here. He's faking the screen. It's just matching your guy once again. Simple defense. Simple football. Good, good ball catch. placement. Good Ooh. catch. Did he get his feet in? Yes. They ruled him out. So, no, it didn't. But this is how you're supposed to play this from a from a, a, a structural standpoint as a defense. So, if you run it back to the beginning. So, this guy, he almost, you know, he, he comes down aggressively, but he ends up on three. He stays on two, obviously, and then Slay takes care of his business out here. Are they going to miss Claypool at all, would you say? Fair enough. I think so. I mean, I think they miss him. I think, you know. Bears, they surprised me giving up a second, a second for him. Basically, the first too. It's their own second. Yeah, I, 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 that, that surprised cool. me. But maybe he he goes out there and flourishes with uh, Justin Fields. Hell man. yeah! He didn't enjoy being traded. He said it was one of the worst days of his life. Said hello yeah. to everybody. See Cam Hayward runs to the card table. That's what I saw out of those photos. Mm-hmm. Cam Hayward sitting there at the card table. He gave a piece. Uh, he did something at the cafeteria. Probably he sits with for food, and then he did the meeting room. Uh, and he said it was his last day there. Farewell to all the boys. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, it's, tough, it's tough getting traded. Middle of the season. Yeah, it's tough getting traded. Walker get cut. Shows. You know. We'll see though. They're not getting hands on anybody on go routes. No, they're I mean, not. That's it's a, tough. We'll see how it goes. These Eagles, man. And then this next play was actually sent in. <laughs> From Nick. Hell of a play. And, I mean, the, the, if you just watch Slay down here, we can fly through this play. But just watch Slay, like, literally run this route for Johnson. And, like, he identified, like, something I said a few weeks ago, Slay makes the cornerback position look easy. I think it's the most difficult uh, position on the field, especially defensively. But I think, rerun this, he sees the play action. So he obviously sees, understands that the boot is coming. And the number one route off a of boot is a comeback route. So you see how long his eyes are in the backfield, right? Let it play like a couple more frames. His eyes are still in the backfield, still in the backfield, still in the backfield. Now, after the fake is drawn out, now his eyes come back on the receiver. 
and now he knows, okay, it's a certain, it's certain break. Like as a corner, receivers, it's a break area about that five to seven yards. And then as you get down the field, depending on the offense, some offenses run, you know, 14-yard comeback. Some run 18. Some run 20. So he knows the break area and boom, foot in the ground. Uh-huh. He's not even out of his break. He, gets out, he literally beats him to the spot, drops the pick. Uh, 18 <laughs> almost catches it. But unbelievable play. Thank you for sending this one in, Nick. Uh, sure thing, wow. D-Buck. <laughs> Just another play. guy the Lions traded away. Yep. Yeah, thank God. Is Slay one of the smartest corners, you say? Is that why he makes it look easy? Yeah, because obviously he's still, you know, he's older. And usually as you get older at that position, the game slows down for you mentally, but physically you slow down yeah. as well. So uh, Slay has been able to take care of his body and still be, you know, he can still run with everybody. He can still be physical at the line of scrimmage. But when you're athletic and talented like that physically and you can play the game like this from a mind, like how, you know, Brady's still playing in his 40s as a quarterback, like that's like a coach out there under center. Like he's seeing everything. He's calling coverages out, you know, carrying out a play action. And that's kind of what you're seeing with how Slay is playing ball this Watching year. his head go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Like, uh, uh, all right. And then you know it's, it's, it's a young quarterback, too. So it's not like, you know, it's, you're facing young quarterbacks. You expect a, a more, you know, basic. simple, basic uh, game. Yeah, no, run that back one more time. Just, I just want to just, just watch the entire secondary. You saw Detroit. You saw just watch how everybody pause it. So this is boot. And just everybody's exactly where it's supposed to be. I'm here. I'm matched here. I'm moving in the post. And this is a simple thing. This is a routine thing. But this is a play where you're going to look on the defense. Nobody's got an ME. Nobody's got an MA. And those are plays when he's coming out, he's doing his response. Like, everybody's where they're supposed to be. And, it's you know, it shows up when it shows up. Such a basic play. It's almost like anyone could cover it. <laughs> Thank you, man. I did Canada. draw this up in the virtual reality football game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a couple. Everybody just moved. That dude. That dude's going to be open against a lot of corners. Slay. Oh yeah. I mean, Slay's like his patience is unbelievable too. Like he has so much confidence in himself. It's it's impressive. Yeah. Kenny Pickett doesn't throw a catchable ball though. That's what we just learned. Mm-hmm. Interesting. A little tough. <laughs> Steelers are going to win seven straight after the bye week. Don't worry about it. Sweet. Well, nice. I like, I like the optimism. You're on. You're on the to the draft yesterday. I'm kind of pumped mm-hmm. to hear that. Yeah. You're back. What you do? You yeah, laid that dudes. head down on the pillow last night and said, I "Can't give up on Steelers no. just yet." They're going to win seven straight after the bye week. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go, Tone. Let's go, Tone. If they do that, Tone, you know me, Ty, Connor. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll give you a thousand bucks. Sure. Ooh, I'm good. Right. I don't need it. Oh, cool. A couple thousand. I don't and want then it. If they cool. don't, we think you return the favor. We yep. think you donate right to back. the Thunderdome. Yeah. Just buy something nice for the it. Thunderdome. Doesn't need it. Oh, yeah, it does. No, we talking about the walls are empty. Come on, Tom. Come on, Tom. Paul Mall jersey. How much you uh, believe? Signed, autographed, Paul yeah. Mall jersey. I don't want Ooh. it. All right. No, no, yeah, you get it for the office. Hey, what we just learned? That was a for case. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? At all. Full of shit. Here we got a third and seven. Uh, This is, I think, a one-point game right here at this point. Third quarter. Um, And once again, just simple executions. Man-to-man coverage. Now, you got a combo, right? You got a stack. So these two guys, obviously, you're in and out at Hufenga. He pops on film week in, week out. But simple coverage matches. Handle the stack. Everybody's where it's supposed to be. And upfield, you'll see it from the tight copy. Fred Warner gets home. Great stunt up front. And this was kind of the story the rest of this game. And this has kind of been the story when these two teams face each other. But we run, run it back. You'll see the, uh, from the uh, D-lineman, 94-95. Watch how they both cross-face, beat to the leverage. I'm sure you guys are experts in the trenches now with AQ. They're going to cross-face. Oh, yeah. And Fred Warner's going to come around tight 
and get and, and obviously Stafford has nowhere to go with this ball. Back can't step up. It's, Everybody's in the same. Uh, this is when the pass rush and the coverage is the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I think Peyton was talking about it on Monday Night Manning. Oh, it was a coverage sack right mm-hmm. there. That was a coverage sack. Yeah. Or, or maybe it was I forget who was talking about it. But it's like uh, Jared Allen told us you're just racing against a clock basically. Two yeah. and a half seconds. Is that mm-hmm. all you guys are basically trying to hold on for? What is there a timing in the corner's head? Like is there a, a discussion between the defensive players? Like so you run it back, run it back from the wide actually? Yes. So third and seven, you understand obviously the, the opponents you're facing. All right, are there a sticks team? This is Cooper Cup right here. So third and seven, Jimmy Ward sitting right at the sticks, and he knows a pressure is coming. So you know it's not a four-man rush. It's not a three-man rush. You know if you got that, it's, an, it's a chance that the quarterback's going to have some time. With this pressure, you got these guys lined up out here, and they know the rush is coming. You, know, you can kind of sit and play these sticks a little more aggressively, especially if they're a sticks team like the Rams are. So you watch Jimmy Ward here. So there's really nowhere for Stafford to go with this ball uh, quickly. If he, so pause it. So once he runs his route, both of these guys are matched up. Allen Robinson is going to push away late, but it's way too late at this point. And so this the DBs ball, know that there's a – They we, know. We have a stunt in a game happening where yep. this ball has to come and out it's quick. It's got to come out, And yeah. if not, they're going to be sacked. And if they're not sacked, they fucking didn't do their job. Yep, and Peyton was talking about it on Monday night. Um, it, was a, it was back-to-back plays. The Bengals ran cover zero. I think it was second and 12, third and 12. And they didn't have a, uh, a plan for it pre-snap, you know. And the, the, the corner was just sitting off at like six, seven yards because he's no – there's certain blitzes where if we're sending one more than they got, the ball's got to come out quick. There's only two routes you can run basically, a, center, a slant or a fade. And if that's not the route you're coming. So you, sticky matches at the top of the drop. So that's front end. That's why Vaughn Miller gets $160 million or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Because the defense who gets Tredavious White, who's uh, back practicing, they, they, have, they said he's still day-to-day. He might not be playing this weekend. We shall see or whatever for the Buffalo Bills. But you get Vaughn Miller in there with the back end that they have, mm-hmm. they can just kind of work off each other and everybody's pretty much fucked. Yeah. Uh-oh. If, it, if, it, if that front end and back end is tied together, and if you – so Buffalo, what they do is they get after the pass with four. So even when you're just rushing four, you know it's a good chance 40 or 50 is getting home, which is crazy. And then on the second level, Matt Milano. You have seven dudes. Yeah, and then Matt Milano has been playing really, really well at that linebacker position um, and coverage. So, um, AJ, that's why having good roster is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, and it does help to have really good players. <laughs> yeah, it is a benefit. It is a benefit at key positions, huh, AJ? Absolutely. Fun to watch. Fun to watch. Fred Warner, a great little uh, – Blitz there, too. That's like what Deion Jones got home uh, with the Cleveland game, too. Yeah, Monday. A lot of good uh, – so this one's uh, my favorite coverage. Cover one robber. So Is this our first London film? Mm. It might be. I think no, so. I think, no, we had uh, Honey Badger got a pick over there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. No, no, no. We're an international show. Yeah. yeah. Hey, London, we're in your town here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ain't that right? Hello. 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 Hey, look at my teeth. Hey. <laughs> The new king has fat fingers. Doesn't he? So Doesn't he? Their, their record won't show, but this has been... It's a great game, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Wasn't it? One of the best defenses in the league this year. Oh, it boy. is, isn't it? That's right. Great goings. It is. <laughs> one of them doesn't sweat, I know. One of the Royals. You see the, uh, the mechanics here. This is 143. You got a problem, don't you? Yeah. What's that, Hawk? your mouth, AJ. Darius, you got no shot here. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> but you had no shot, dude. I mean, when once we have to unload all of our English stuff, yeah, it is just, it is just yeah, that's up there with what we know about Dan Jones. Really? Yeah, it, yeah. 
Well, and Dan Snyder. Yep, true. <laughs> Anyways. And Brett Favre. Let's get back to London. Brett Favre? Brett Favre really did it to them poor. It was like our ancestors. Yeah. It was really like what Brett we did. Brett Favre does what the royal family's been doing for years. Yes. Pissing on the poor, you know. Generations. <laughs> exactly. He took all his shillings. Is Brett a knight? Sorry. <laughs> We have English fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you guys following Love along. you guys. Love, Love you, guys. you, England. Sorry. Love you. Thanks for the country. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Jeez. Sorry. Right. They, they fucking lost it. Oh. We fucking took it. Well, and then if you want to go deeper, what you guys did to get land back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A questionable. India really hates you. <laughs> Not, Not just, just India. India. <laughs> 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 a lot of countries. What? You remember what they were saying about oh. the Queen when she passed? On Twitter? Oh, yeah. Shit. Loud. Isn't it? <laughs> it's calm. Was it good, was it? Like, brilliant. Once again, we love England. Mm-hmm. We are just doing wow. all the things we have heard and know yes. about your great country. That's right. Now, there was an American football game the PAFL put together in London mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Mr. Unlimited. Played against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. DB, what did we miss in that that we should have been looking for? Got a big a big win. And uh, this defense has been balling all year. Once again, you see the Lions, you see Pittsburgh, you see simple things just fucked up. This is a two-minute situation, 143 Lions. left in the clock. Needed a t- uh, Jacksonville needed a, a touchdown. And they come out and play one robber. K1 Williams had an unbelievable day this day. But you got the robber here, Kareem Jackson. Cover one robber. So everyone's man-to-man, man, man, man outside leverage. He's outside leverage. Everybody's out. Patrick, he can do whatever he wants to do out there. Outside leverage, Jeez. use the robber help. And actually, you'll see, before we get to the throw, kind of how they pass this off. Let it play. Yep. So, boom, pause it. So, once again, he's outside leverage on this tight end. He knows he has a robber. He sees the crosser coming. They're actually able to sort this all out. He should be outside leverage as well. Trevor Lawrence makes a horrible throw as far as ball placement. He makes a great pick with the uh, cast on his hands mm-hmm. to seal this oh, game. Uh, Kwan Williams to seal this game. Uh, he was a great slot corner, uh, San Fran before he came over. But this is a big time uh, play. Uh, Justin Simmons had another big time interception on the goal line earlier in this game. But great execution on the back end. Obviously, a great play to end this game and get that big win for the Broncos and. Is Mr. Unlimited down here on the sideline? Oh, I don't know. Let's get back. It's definitely fine. He yelled ball. Pass. Yep. I heard him. Can he hit? What the, ball. Ball. Pass, yeah, pass, 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 pass. Pass, pass, pass. pass. Ball. He better be. What if he isn't? Oh, where is he? Nope. Oh, there he is. Oh, Bottom there. right. See? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> where is he? A little where? closer. Yeah, right there. Right here? Yeah. Wow. Oh, he is Just there. yelled it. Did you guys yell anything when you uh, picked it off? Ah, uh, ski! Nice. There we go. Nice. But yeah, ski, great ski, play ski, ski. to start Sunday off. Uh, this is the game that Orslowski was on. And he did right. great. They yeah, did great. Just like DB. Thank you so much, Darius. Thank you, D-Bot. All right, D-Bot. It's already set up, and this is how we're going to end oh, today's shit. show. Not only do we get yes. smarter, and congrats to all of the corners that were either spotlighted uh-huh. or low-lighted on everything, D-B, mm-hmm. because you're either getting better or getting showcased for how damn good you did. Hell right. yeah. AJ Hawk, hell of a show out of you today. I do miss that creep mask every once in a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah true. Toxic Table did a fantastic job. Ton Diggs, I can't wait to watch Hammer Down with you and B- uh, Miami Dolphins yep. beat reporter. 
Kyle Cathcart, Gumpy. Boys in the back, great work today on this beautiful winter Wednesday. Big shout out to Reese Davis joining us in the first hour, breaking down the college football playoff top 25 with us. He's incredible at what he does. Big thanks to Zach Kiefer, Ron Johnson, David Lombardi joining us alongside Kyle Cathcart. And big thanks to Darius Butler for everything DB. Today's been a hell of a fucking Wednesday out of nowhere. Here we go. This is a Wednesday out of nowhere. Did not expect this show to be the way it was today. We're very thankful for everybody that watches. Uh, We'll obviously be back. Mignana has the Paffle has a Thursday evening matchup that we will definitely be breaking down from all different angles. What's the angle angle in London town? The angle here is if Darius can go three of five from the top of the key here with an NBA three, we will give 10 people who randomly retweet this $500. Now you not only have to retweet this, but you also have to reply saying something nice to somebody. Okay. Let's put, let's Uh put a little bit more positive juices into the air, into Twitter and also put your cash tag in there so we can pay you on cap uh, cash app efficiently. D butt missed five straight putts earlier in the show to get, Away some money. Sorry, guys. How will he fare shooting NBA threes on this winter Wednesday with CFO Phil looming? I can yep. feel him right. I can feel him right you there. Feel him. There is one person that does not want you to win, and that's CFO Phil. Oh, oh. CFO right. Phil celebrated the brick from the corner of the office. Bang. Oh. oh. No. We'll have to get hot. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Two out of five, right? Yeah, drain these two. You drain these last two on this winter Wednesday. We will Look certainly. Here, Phil. Phil is not. It. Yeah, Phil is living the best life of all time. That's amazing. Unbelievable. Oh, oh my no. God. Oh, oh, you got robbed. Jesus Christ. Oh. I hope the same. Oh. 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 You gotta loosen that. Loosen that rim up. Someone go hang on it. Oh. 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 Did Phil bribe Deba? I don't know. I would never. You're saying I never do to people like that. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. say that's a quite a slanderous. Phil might have fucked the rims though. That would be smart. That is a meme. Nah, I just think today, guys. What, dude? Don't you ever say oh, that? Come on, you can dunk still. You don't stink ever, dude. That jumpsuit, sick though. Yeah, yeah you dunk. did great. Everything DB was awesome. Yeah. Five people for a dunk. Cold. I don't know. I don't know. That's the high room too, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, actually. Or they fixed. They, so they we them. appreciate <laughs> the people that fixed it. Thank oh. you all so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Tomorrow, Darius. Oh, all right. Sorry, people. I don't want you missing a dunk on this day. You missed five putts. No, missed I missed a fucking dunk. Can't have you missing a dunk. Mm-hmm. This is a guy looking out for a guy right now. Yeah. Friends being friends. <laughs> Shit. What, it, like, maybe, like, Mike and Drill if he makes, like, four in a row? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be Mike good. Just good a bunch drill. of layups. <laughs> Debo, what do you think maybe happened a... today? What, what do you think happened? Finger roll? Uh, what do you think it was? I think it's Phil. He is putting a little bit He's of a, still, look at, look at a kind of a freak. <laughs> I mean, he is. Like, like the Grim Reaper over there. Mm-hmm. There he is. There it is. There he Easy. is. Oh, yeah. get out of here. Oh, okay. Oh, it's all fun and games. Good to see you, Phil. Good to see you. We can see through the curtain, pal. You're still walking. Oh, we can see you, We got you, eyes on you. We see you. Over yeah. there in the We see the you. Take uh-huh. your cup of joe. We see you. <laughs> All right, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Paffle Thursday. D-Butt will win. Oh, you can still win today. Hashtag PMS Twisted T CFB. Boom, boom. are the two rankings that were wrong on the college football playoff rankings that officially came out last night in Tone Diggs' eyes? We'll get the right answer on Friday. Yeah. Okay? So you can enter that. Five people win $500. Thanks to our friends at Twisted T, which is actual T with... 
5% ABV in case you want to get a little twisted. Wow. Chick. Yeah. Shout out to Twisted T. Shout out to you. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Hammer. Don is in 15 minutes. Say something nice to somebody. It's a good thing to do. Goodbye.